Welcome, everybody, to the Naked Bootleg, rolling out of the trivia pocket with no protection. It's me, Marcus, and it's the most wonderful time of the year. It's not Christmas. It's not, you know, uh, what other holidays? St. Patrick's Day. It's not uh, Groundhog's Day or President's Day. It's NFL draft time. We are The week is upon us of draft week. And we are back for another mock draft featuring me, yours truly. And of course, as always, Scott and Eric are with me. Eric, how are you doing? Better. No COVID in the house, so we're good. Hell yeah. <laughs> we, we all love that. Right. <laughs> uh, so uh, what's, what are you looking forward to most about either the, the, the actual draft or this draft that we're about to do? Jordan Davis. That's all I have to. He's, I have the biggest man crush on Jordan Davis. <laughs> I, I already said whoever I pick for first. That's there. Oh, it's perfect spot. <laughs> perfect spot for Jordan Davis. Um, uh, he, we'll we'll do a redraft in ten years. Jordan Davis is the first overall pick. Everyone <laughs> will agree on that, regardless of how his career went. <laughs> uh, love it. Love love draft crushes, and I'm sure we'll get into into a few. Uh, Scott, how are you doing? Speaking of crushes, right? Um, yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. I, I want to recreate the meme from Wedding Crashers when they're like, what's better, Christmas or wedding season? But I want to put in draft season and have us just like raising our hands because yeah. you, you said it. It's it's the best part of the year. Like I I I get so excited. It, it's ridiculous. I don't care about my birthday. Like I get so excited <laughs> about about the draft. So I'm really excited to um, I'm thanks to you, Marcus. I'm I'm actually I'm looking into betting for the first time ever for the draft and I'm looking at all these different prop bets and I'm, I'm just like, is Kyle Hamilton going to go third? Like, should I place that bet? Like, I, I mean, I can win $700 on that. I'm, I'm really debating, so I'm going to have a, a stressful week, but it's, it's good stress. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, we, maybe we'll get into that at the end because there are some props that I really like. Um, and, um, say what you want about guys like Mel Kiper and Todd McShay and like maybe even Daniel Jeremiah or like Bucky Brooks. If you know people are plugged in, listen to what they're saying and it'll help you gambling wise. <laughs> because yeah, it's just those are the guys that are that have the most you know uh, ears on the ground or feet on the ground. So, anyways, all right. Yeah, so, fo- follow follow them more so than like random guy on Twitter who tells you like, <laughs> oh, Jordan Davis is probably going first overall. Right. Oh, so you? Oh, yeah. Don't <laughs> listen to me. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So uh, for those uh, for those of you tuning in, I am using the Draft Network mock draft machine. Um, we are just doing the first round. So if your team doesn't have a first round pick, I'm sorry. I mean, the Seahawks had to trade away their quarterback just to get back into this first round because they traded to they traded multiple first round picks for Jamal Adams, but we're not going to get into that. We're not even going to discuss it anymore. <laughs> so we have predetermined our draft order. Uh, it, it will be me followed by Scott, followed by Eric, and I am up first with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, it's nice of the Draft Network to put down uh, the Jaguars' needs, which let's be real, it's, there's a lot of them. Um, but the biggest one is their pass rush. I'm not going to waste your guys' time. Um, this Trevon Walker talk is absurd to me because as Jacksonville is uh, trying to 
establish this new culture under under Doug Peterson. Um, you just need to draft guys that are going to be not to me not projects. You need guys that are quote unquote safe, and that's always a scary term because um, Aaron Curry was safe, and we all saw how that worked out. <laughs> but I feel good about this. So with the number one overall pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to select Aiden Hutchinson Edge from Michigan. Um, you just need a you know you need foundational pieces, culture builders, and he is that guy. He was the heart and soul of that Michigan program this year that made it to the college football playoff. Give me Aiden Hutchinson all day long. So who's there? Who's the? What D tackles have they got in Jacksonville right now? Um, T- Taven Bryan's still there, right? Okay. <laughs> Not that that means much. Are you are you about to are you about to tell me that they should have taken Jordan Davis? <laughs> is that what this? I wasn't, that... but you bring up a good point. Um, <laughs> no, no. What I'm saying is because if you look at their bookends right now, that's scary with Aiden Hutchinson, and you got the real Josh Allen on the other side. <laughs> um, I, I, that's, that could be, it could be a good start. Um, especially, you know, if Trevor Lawrence is what he's supposed to be, all the work they put in this off season, trying to give him weapons. Um, mm-hmm. if Etienne is something to go with Robinson, I mean, that could be right. Who, 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 what was the tight end? They, didn't they bring in Ingram? Yep. Yeah. They brought in Evan Ingram. They uh, signed Christian Kirk. Yeah. Um, well, that's just that we don't talk about that. That's super, that's still look, weird. Look, if it was a reasonable price, I wouldn't care. I'd be like, sure all day long, but it's the price that scares me. But well, yeah, uh, other than that, they are, they are primed. You're right. If they, they're primed, if Trevor Lawrence is what we hope he can be, they're primed to have a quick turnaround. And especially in the AFC South, none of those teams really scream to me like, Oh my gosh, that team is so dominant in that division, they could turn it around relatively quickly, in my opinion. So not to jump on gambling immediately, but is that a possible good playoff future bet this year? Uh, I I mean... I mean, this is all 100% you're gonna based get on good Lawrence, val- you're gonna right? Get, you're going to get good value on it, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And if Lawrence... I mean, I'll, t- I'll, I'll say this. I would take them before I would take the next few teams we're going to talk about as pos- possible playoff teams this year. Absolutely. I mean, it's yeah. called gambling for a reason. It's not. There's no, you know, sure thing. But if Lawrence can take maybe a half a step, when you're when you're gambling, especially on futures, it's all about value, and you're going to get great value on Jacksonville. So if you even think for a second like this team could surprise and win the division, put money on it. You're, you're going to get great odds right now, oh, and God, it's always yeah. to do it better to do it early than late. All right. <laughs> Oh, go ahead. No, I could go for an hour on this because I honestly am a big Jacksonville fan right now because um, you know that it, your pick was probably the easiest one. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson has to go number one, right? Um, right. It's And with a pass rush, that the potential pass rush that they could have, that it could cause a lot of problems in that division. Yeah, I mean, and, and they have Caleb on chase on who hasn't even scratched the surface of his potential. Like, you have bodies to rotate, and especially on third down, you can – you you know it allows you to you could play Aiden Hutchinson inside or you could play uh, you know Allen inside you you just you can just give teams multiple looks and I think this makes them very scary on defense and a good pass rush will always help the rest of your defense. I mean if they they could even trade back into you know the middle of the first round and snag a, a stud like Jordan Davis. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right, here we go. <laughs> Let's move on to pick number two, the Detroit Lions. Uh, Scott, you are up. And uh, ooh, according to the draft network, they have a lot of team needs. So how are you going to help them? 
they they do have a lot of team needs. Um, one of them obviously being quarterback. That's not happening here. Sorry if you're listening and you're a Lions fan and you want Malik Willis. That's not happening. Not in not right now. Um, yeah, I mean the team needs for me. It's like wide receiver, linebacker, big needs, but. Those those just aren't premium positions enough to, to worry about this. And obviously they pick again at the end of the first round. So that's something that I feel like can be addressed there. To me, this this is a no-brainer. And I don't care what the reports are coming out about Dan Campbell and what he's saying and what this person's saying. It's a smokescreen in my opinion. I think this is Kayvon Thibodeau 1,000%. So that's the selection here because, one, I, who's the pass rusher on the other? They have both Aquaras, right? And and nothing else, I believe. Trey Flowers is gone. Right, Trey Flowers is gone. Yeah, like, they have they have Romeo and Julian Aquara, and yeah. I can't remember which one actually had like ten sacks last year. I think it was was it Ju was it Julian? I don't I think, remember. I think it was Julian. It could have been uh, anybody. No one knows who's on the Lions. Right, right, now. <laughs> right that, that's what I'm saying. That's my point. Is like one, they just need a a defensive cornerstone somewhere, right? And this is and pass rush is typically where you see that happen. I mean, I, they're feeling burned, I'm sure, right now by Jeff Okuda. So, that, you know, I think they, you want to take something that has that, obviously, potential to be the next Miles Garrett and to be, you know, a perennial 12-sack type of guy, regardless of the motor. I actually think that Dan Campbell would help. If, if any of the rumors about KT's motor are true, oh, you know, he, he can't. You know, he doesn't have it. In, it's like the Josh Rosen argument, but for a defensive end, right? Oh, well, he doesn't have the motor. Right. That Aiden Hutchinson has, because we know Aiden Hutchinson has a great motor. Um, but if he doesn't have the passion and things like that, I think the knee biting Dan Campbell's the exact perfect type of head coach to get that out of Kayvon Thibodeau and try to instill him with that. So I think this is the right pick to build your defense around. I actually like what Detroit, you know, has been doing with their roster. Um the DJ Shark signing and, and some other things that they've done. They're starting to build in some other places. I feel like they're gearing themselves up to know we've got one more season of losing. We can try to jump in that QB class next year. And if we get our guy, then we can really start to set our sights on, on improving this team. Um, the Detroit Lions lost a very, a lot of close games last year. And if you build it the right way, those become wins. And then you're looking at a possible playoff team. So, um, and you know what? You can do worse than Jared Goff. I, I'm going to say that, and, and that may sound insane, but it's true. You could be yeah. the Carolina Panthers and have Sam Darnold. Right, and it's like, again, you're also – you're not actually trying to win this year. And I don't want to say that, like, obviously every NFL team is trying to win, right? That's the goal. But it, if you go out there and you go 4-13, and 13, that's fine. You could, you know, like – that that expectation needs to be there of, you know what, this may not result in us completely flipping it around and making the playoffs, but we're getting a piece of the puzzle that we're trying to put together long term. And Dan Campbell's got some time. It's not a Matt Rule situation where it's right now he has time to kind of build this. So I think yep. Thibodeau is the perfect prospect to, to start that process. Yep. And heaven forbid a player have other interests besides football. Like that's Crazy. just old. That's just old GM bullshit that I hate. Um, OK, Eric. I don't know if there's a team uh, that has more needs than than the Houston Texans because to me they're not good. They don't have like a legit superstar at any level of this Correct. team. So they've got two first round picks. Uh, you've got their first one at three. Who are you gonna go with? No, I'm not. I think I'm, we know. No, 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 no. You, that's, that's, I mean, it's the right pick, but I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> um, I just want to make sure everyone knows that is the right pick here. 
however, I feel like they were just so bad on defense. And what's more important overall is it a... I feel like the top two pass rushers went as they should, and that kind of leaves them in a position. I mean, Trayvon Walker's nice, but I don't think he's that... I don't think I'm I'm not buying the hype. I'm not I'm not into it. Um however, I am all about sauce. Uh Ahmad Gardner just I feel like that would be the best situation. They were just so so bad against the pass and it's it's a passing league. Um I just feel they need somebody who was on the other side of Desmond King. So the Texans here are going to go with some sauce here, Ahmad Gardner. Yeah, I mean he's he's everything you want physically, and and I I even like more so than that just the edge that he plays with because he plays at Cincinnati. Like you don't think any team in the country would have wanted to have a guy who's six four and two you know two fifteen and that can run like he can. It's it's impressive, and and I I really love I I love him anywhere really in the top like. Eight, I think, or the well, the top anywhere in the top ten, any of these teams can use a guy like Sauce. Well, except for maybe Carolina because they've spent a lot of a lot on corners lately. But uh, I love it. I yeah, love I mean, it's the edge rusher would be nice, but like I said, if if Thibodeau was there, then he goes. But it was kind of you know they're gonna have to let the draft come to him, and with so many holes, just so like I love what they did. I, I I'm a big Davis Mills guy. I mean statistically it's very his rookie year is very similar to Trevor Lawrence I'm sure we've said that before um so and he was he was a big he was a big big high school prospect coming out and he just you know maybe if he doesn't have that knee injury would have been a much higher pick but yeah uh Texans and hopefully they can make uh, some good decisions and Marlon Mack I love the Marlon Mack signing so let's see what they do yep um Okay, I am up again with the New York Jets. Uh, two picks in the top ten. Um, spoiler alert, I will have both, so that will affect what I do here. Um, just going <laughs> to throw that out there. Um, now, the big news this week is that Mekhi Becton has chosen not to work out with them. Now, whether or not you believe it's because he's whatever lazy, but I think his daughter's about to, or I mean, his wife's about to give birth to their first kid soon. He wants to be nearby to home. Selfish. Which, yeah. What an, what a dick. He has um, other interests other than football. That's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. Terrible. Um, I, it's tough with this team cause they do have a lot of needs. Um, edge being one of them tackle being one of them but they do have Mekhi Becton and they did pay George Fant who I'm a fan of when he was with the Seahawks I think he is serviceable as your right tackle like you don't need to I don't I it's it's tempting to take one of these tackles but I don't think they need it as much as they need other things so this might um this might shock some people I think um but to me, um, their corner room is so bad. Well, it was bad. They did sign DJ Reed. Ooh, you know what? Yeah. Well, Bryce, Bryce Hall actually had a really nice season for them too. Bryce Hall did have a nice have a nice season for them. All right. Um, 
I forgot they signed uh, old buddy DJ Reed. Because this might this might be a this might be a a, a trade back spot. <laughs> oh, I think they're they're absolutely um, a possibility for a trade back spot. Um, but there has been steam picking up each week that this guy is going to be the first wide receiver taken, and I'm just going to do it now because they can get by with what they've had. Um, with Corey Davis and Elijah Moore and Braxton Berrios all brought back. You have time to let this guy heal. You have time to let this guy get acclimated. And then you have the guy in this draft that scares you the most when it comes to taking the top off of a defense. So with the fourth pick, the Jets are going to take Jamison Williams, wide receiver, Alabama. This is... Do you remember the uh, NBA draft when Anthony Bennett was taken first overall? And you can yes. audibly hear somebody say, Never wow. Forget. That's what yeah. I, th- I feel like. This is a wow moment. Like I, I, yes. I agree with everything you said, and I, I never would have had him going this high. But I, talent wise, it deserves to. But it's that time thing. So I agree. But, with- I, yeah, and I think too. Like I said, I think if if this were the actual scenario that played out, I think they would strongly entertain offers for this pick, right? If someone was, yeah, to oh up, yeah, yeah. If someone this wanted is... to jump up to get the lineman, like the, you know, there's buzz that the Saints want to jump up you know, to maybe get one of the tackles. Like, I, I definitely think this would be an area where they do that and then come back and say, hey, we have 10 and, you know, 16, for example. Now we can get, you know, a receiver at 10 and be, you know, best player available pretty much at 16. So, but because we're not doing any trades or anything like that, like you said, you're kind of... It's, in a, a it's, a, in a, it's a weird place. spot with both edge guys that I really wanted off and then Sauce going right before that. And and like I said, they got good they got good uh, production out of Bryce Hall and and they signed DJ Reed, so corners not as urgent. And there is going to be a run on receivers and exactly. at some point. And I think you can take a swing on the guy who has the most upside, even though he's going to miss some time to start the year. And then you don't have excuses for Zach Zach Wilson. He's got to produce if you get all of these guys on the field with him. Uh, so, yeah, I, I kind of swerved. I had a different wow pick, and then I was like, oh, I don't know that I like the way this board has fallen. So whatever, it's a it's a big swing, but I think it can pay huge dividends for them. Okay, um, after I shocked myself with that pick, um, <laughs> <laughs> Scott, you're up with the first pick in the first round for the New York football Giants. This is a dream scenario for the Giants uh, to be in this spot because it's no secret that they're interested in this tackle class. So the fact that all of them are still on the board here and the fact that they pick again right after this at seven is perfect for them. They're getting two premium players. They're getting probably two of the top guys on their board pretty much guaranteed. So, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen at seven. Obviously, that's that's Marcus's issue, not mine. Um but I, I feel in lockstep with him. So there's two players I'm, I'm torn between here. And I feel like if we don't get one here, uh, then we may not have the guarantee at seven rather than the other way around. So with Carolina up next, knowing that they're certainly in the tackle game as well, I think got to go tackle here. Got to make sure you get your guy. So if you like Evan Neal better, he's there. If you like Aquanu better, he's there. I think for the Giants – they need a little bit more versatility on their offensive line. And to me, that's Evan Neal because he can play both tackle positions. He could slide inside to play guard. He's more 
Polish is a pass rusher. Uh, McQuan is more of a run blocker. And right now we know that they need to protect Daniel Jones because we need to see what he can do in Brian Dable's offense. If he can stay healthy and stay on his feet and, you know, not just constantly be under pressure. So this is an easy pick for me. The Giants select Evan Neal tackle out of Alabama. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Easy for them. If this happens, which yeah. Let's be real. There's a there's a very real possibility that this can happen. Um, that that this this falls this way, not necessarily like the Jamison Williams part, but just the fact that both tackles could be there. Yeah, I mean that could very well be. See, that's the thing with the because because Walker. I mean, everything we're hearing, Walker's gonna probably go in the top five. That's what which I'm is saying. Another, if, if say the yeah. Jets took Walker at four, if it's not Jamison Williams, if it's Walker, if the first three played out and the Jets went tried to swing because they needed edge help as well. Yeah, there's there's definitely a possibility that both both linemen are on the board at five. Okay, the Carolina Panthers. Oh boy, there's been so much. Uh, ben McAdoo stole the headlines this week by saying Sam Donald's a starting quarterback, and then turning around 30 oh, seconds later and saying I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> With that crazy part in his hair, he looks like uh, he looks like uh, what's his face from Home Improvement, like just grown up, and drunk. <laughs> um. Which one? <laughs> oh man anyways eric you are up with the carolina panthers at six are they going quarterback we'll find out so sam darnold baker mayfield either way i don't think it works um but, jordan davis he can play quarterback right I, he's probably faster than darnold and darnold he's, has... he's the same speed as patrick mahomes <laughs> Ah, so I am so tempted to go Malik Willis here. I am so tempted, but at the same time, if if they take Malik Willis here, they're still going one in sixteen, um, and then they're stuck staring at who next year? C.J. Stroud, um, the other group. Uh, who's that other guy? Um, Bryce Young, man. Bryce. Bryce Young. Uh, or 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 already twenty twenty three draft darling Tyler Van Dyke from Miami. I'm That's hearing a lot on, on Anthony Richardson next year as well. But anyway. Yeah. yeah um so I feel like they go they they're gonna they're gonna roll Sam Darnold unless they trade for Baker Mayfield. I think that's a better possibility than them going quarterback, especially a project like Malik Willis or Ugh, I hate this. I hate this spot for them. Um somebody needs to make a decision for them because they'll make the wrong one. Uh but I think they'll go finally just get it over with and take the edge rusher here. Uh, Trayvon Walker is going to Carolina. Okay. Um, if Trayvon Walker works out, now you have, to me, such a scary edge rush tandem because I will die for Brian Burns. Brian Burns is a freaking G. I love him. Um and I think he's the most underrated pass rusher in the league. So if Trayvon Walker is that guy and he ends up being that guy, you have one of the scariest edge rush duos in the whole league. I, I think this pick, I don't want to say needs to be, but I think it will be. And it kind of needs to be Malik Willis. Um, the reason being one, the defense actually wasn't that bad last year. I think they can, they can get by with the defense that they had. They got great contribution from like Jeremy Chin last year and some other guys that played a lot better than, than was expected. Eric said it. I think either, either way, Malik Willis, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, 
this team wins one or two games. The issue with that is Matt Rule loses his job either way, right? So whether it's Darnold out there going two and 15 or it's Malik Willis, Matt Rule's getting fired. I think he needs to give himself the best chance to try to retain his job, just like the Bear, Matt Nagy did last year with getting Justin Fields saying, like, I have to try. And I think at least Malik Willis is saying, like, you know what? It's what we haven't seen. I'd rather, like, it's the devil you know against the devil you don't, and you know Sam Darnold's not it. Put Malik but, Willis out there, and hey, if it doesn't work, I'm fired anyway. But if it works, I look like a genius, and I keep my job. Yeah, but is he going to see the field? Like, I feel like if they take yes. Malik Willis, he's not going to see the field until at I least— I think he sees the field— the second week when Sam Darnold gets hurt because this O-line is trash. Well, and that's Sam the Donald other thing, too, move. is... I that's... mean, o- O-line was a glaring need, but at the same time, I feel they know the position they're in, and I feel that their best possibility of winning not a lot of games, but maybe a couple more games, is putting a great defense and a solid pass rush against somebody, and they're sure. going to try to win it that way because they know Sam Darnold's not going to win them games. They know Baker Mayfield's not going to... Whoever's there isn't going to do it. The... I think the biggest X factor is just the fact that Matt Rule knows that he has to do something positive this year or he's going to get fired. And that's like such a weird space to be in. That's why I agree with Scott in the sense that I think they will go quarterback because they have to do something. They got to try to roll the dice and they got to They got to do something. If you're taking a project, if you're picking between the project of Malik Willis and the project of Trayvon Walker, Malik Willis is probably going to give me the results faster because he's going to be involved every play rather than Trayvon Walker, who needs other guys around him to be productive like we saw at Georgia. I I think that's why uh, so many people, and obviously the Matt Rule uh, connection, I think so many people think Pickett at six is because you you are more likely to win like six or seven games with Kenny Pickett in the first year than you are with Malik Willis. But is Kenny Pickett ceiling eight to nine wins? Like, (laughs) you don't really know because he just does, he's so limited physically. So, I I mean, it'll... It's it's they're in such an interesting spot and their owner is uh, hyper aggressive. So. Yeah, this well, is a franchise that I would not want to be in charge of. Matt Rule losing his job after this year, which is pretty almost almost a guarantee, is yeah. is kind of unfair to him at the same time too. Because what what oh. has he been given? Right, and and on top of that, they should have just fired him this year. They should have just fired him, cut your losses, and move on. And instead, it it totally reminds me of how. Uh, um, Doug Marone was those last few years in Jacksonville. Yeah, it's like yeah. you just keep extending this guy for what? For what? Just cut your losses, and then they made an even bigger mistake. But well, we won't get into that. But like, <laughs> <laughs> I still gave pe- pe- people forget too that these guys were what were they four and zero or like three and one or four and zero to start the season? Yeah, the Panthers. Yep, they looked incredible the first quarter of the season, and you're like, oh wow, this Sam Darnold thing's working. This defense, the defense looked he's absolutely. Ru- he's dominant. rushing for like seven touchdowns in the first. Yeah, quarter. damn right he did. <laughs> the defense looked dominant, and then the wheels uh, completely fell off of the entire operation. So I don't know what the cause of that was, and you know, we obviously we're not privy to that information. Whether that was more of a Matt Rule thing, or was that you know, was it the players? I think it was. I, I think it was a competition thing in the beginning. They weren't playing. Sure. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, let's move on to pick number seven, which is me, and I have the second pick in the first round for the New York Football Giants. Now, uh, Scott did the right thing. You take Evan Neal at five. Love it. Love it. Love it to death. Um, now, for me, this made my next choice very easy. I have um, confidence in you to do the right thing here. I am going to do the right thing. 
And I don't care what I, you might you may disagree with me, but to me, there's a right thing to do here. James Bradbury, they've just outright said they're going to trade him. They've said it. They're going to try and trade James Bradbury. And even if you bring him back, even if somehow you mend that fence, there is still a gaping hole at that other corner spot. And if he's healthy, this is the best player in the draft. If he's at his best, this guy has the highest ceiling of anybody in this draft. And to me, this is a sprint to the podium thing for the Giants. Um, so at seven, the Giants are going to take Derek Stingley Jr. corner LSU. Um, I, yeah, I knew you would do the right thing here. I yes. knew you would do the right thing here. When I was at, you know, when I was picking for them, though, that's what I was between. I was like, I'm between Stingley and Neal, but I feel like Carolina, I feel comfortable. They're not going to take a corner, so I can wait on that. Whereas I thought there was a chance, obviously, they could take a tackle. So that, that was my thought process, and you completed it for me. So thank you, my friend. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is what happens when you when you draft with your bros. <laughs> You're on the same wavelength. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I mean, medical stuff aside, I mean, if, if he's past that and he ran the 4-3-7 at, the, at his pro day, which, cool, he can run in a straight line. I want to see him cut and do all those other things that are required from a corner before I get – before I feel at ease about his medicals, but if he's right, he's the best player in the draft. And I don't, I have, I'm very confident in saying that. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, if, if you were to tell giants fans two years ago, Hey, in two years, you're getting Derek Stingley jr. And Evan Neal, they would have been like, Oh, we're drafting first and second overall. So <laughs> maybe yeah. like, you know what I mean? These, these have been two of the top prospects for almost four years now, like going on almost four years since, since their freshman seasons. So this, this is, to get these two is a dream for the Giants. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right. Let's see if Eric can, uh, you know, turn Atlanta into a dream. I don't think you can do it with one pick, uh, but you're going to try. And I'm looking forward uh, to it. I think it's it. me, so, right? Scott. Oh, oh, it is Scott. Oh, hey, Scott. <laughs> Just kidding. Hey, Scott. Fix them. Fix the Falcons in one pick, please. I, I can't fix them. No, <laughs> they're unfixable in Come one on. pick. We, you, you guys should know what this is. I tipped my hat a while ago in our in our naked bootleg chat. This is Garrett Wilson. Put it down. They they need a wide receiver. I don't care. I, I like that. That's it. There's no one. Zacchaeus. I'm sorry. No, no. Not, I told not, you. Not I my told number you one. Then, not you don't my disrespect Alameda Zacchaeus. Do not do it. I'm sure. not for it. He I will be a great third receiver, but. <laughs> They need a, a number one guy. It it fits. I think he is very, you know, he has a similar skill set, obviously, to Calvin Ridley, which is, you know, essentially what you're trying to replace here. Um, you need a guy that's also going to offer you some after the catch because Marcus Mariota, we don't really know what, what he's going to do at QB. And so I think, I, I think we know. I, I think, <laughs> well, so, and that's the thing. If, if history repeats itself, like he's not a guy chucking it down the field, it's going to be short stuff kind of over the middle. It's going to be crossing routes. And Garrett Wilson gives you that rack ability afterwards too, rather than Drake London here, right? Who is going to be more of a vertical threat. Um, someone you can trust more in the red zone, but they might not be in the red zone that often. So I think that the Garrett <laughs> be, Wilson kind of fits better. I here. think that's a safe bet that they won't. <laughs> yeah. Um, Garrett Wilson's route tree is incredible to me. I, I, he's a terrific route runner. Um, you know, his release is great. I, I think that his ability to get open as well is really going to help because when you have a quarterback that's unproven like Marcus Mariota, who hasn't started a game since, like, I don't know, Mason was 12, 
I, you know, it's time to get someone in there who can get open on their own. And even if the throw's a little bit inaccurate, I think that his ability to beat corners and, and get open and, and make spectacular catches is going to help Marcus Mariota. So this is a no-brainer to me. Easiest pick of the draft for me, Garrett Wilson, Falcons, lock it in. Um, yeah, I think he's the most complete that's healthy of the receivers in this draft. I'll, I'll say that. Um, okay. Don't screw this up, Eric. It's Listen. time for the Seattle Seahawks at number nine. Do the right thing. Is this where uh, I say Jordan go. Davis? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'll kill you. <laughs> I will kill you. No, it's this way he says Malik Willis and you're oh, still going to. Jeez. So, this is, this is, it's weird because I, I love Rashad Penny so much and I hope he's good. Um, he is. So, you saw it. <laughs> I, yes. So the question is, do they try to fix the, the pass rush? Do they try to give somebody who can block for Penny? Which I don't think they need to do that. I don't at least not yet. Not yet. He did it he did it behind that garbage last year. He was fine. <laughs> he was fine. No? Whatever. I mean no, he was better I, than fine, I, the numbers say. They, but. I I I don't know. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything to influence where you go. You do what you would do. No, I I mean it, it's it's I think it's obvious here. I, ha, I it's basically for me it's down between Jermaine Johnson and uh, was it uh, Aquanu, um, and I feel it's it's much deeper edge rusher wise in this draft to where they go offensive tackle here, um, and the, they're gonna go Aquanu. You had me so scared there for a minute. <laughs> to me, that, this is that's the right pick. a it is. dream. This is this is exactly the guy that Pete Carroll wants because I don't think there's a nastier offensive lineman in this draft. Like Ike Mekwanu wants to block you and then put you into the ground and then go punch your grandma. Like he's he's nasty and they do not have Dwayne Brown right now. He is not under contract. Um, and and despite his old age, he's he's held on for as long as he can. Uh, uh, they, they need to get younger. And to me, um, I would be there. There are a couple of players that at nine, I think it's a run in pick and it's one of the tackles, uh, uh, between Neil and Aquanu or Derek Stingley. I would run that card in if I'm the Seahawks. Um, I I was hoping he'd drop, but he did not. So, you know, yeah. Oh yeah, if you if if Stingley was there, I would I would have been mad at you. He didn't pick Stingley, but uh, yeah, I love this. Um, sorry, I kind of took over your your. No, pick no, I mean you kind of hit everything so that excited. needed to be hit. But I mean, most mock drafts, I don't see him falling this far. So when he was still no. sitting there, it's kind of it would like you said a dream scenario for the Seahawks. Um, I, it's just weird to go f- to see them with as many holes as they have right now, and it, it it's it's interesting because it feels like it wasn't that long ago that you know. They were at the top. Yeah, um, I mean, and they're and they're banking on on development of some players, and and there were flashes like like if Daryl Taylor builds on what he showed, that's awesome. That looks like a great pick. Um, uh, you know, it's just again, it's it's the the reason that they chose to keep P. Carroll and John Schneider over Russell Wilson is because they believe in their ability to build, and they're about we're about to find out. We're about to find out whether it was the chicken or the egg uh, with the Seahawks, and this would be a great start. <laughs> so uh, let's move on to 10, uh, the New York Jets with their second first-round pick. 
Um, and uh, I said earlier, what I did at four will affect uh, what I do at 10. And um, the way that the draft started, I kind of had a feeling how we all felt about Trevon Walker. And I felt that because of that, one of two edge players would still be there at 10, which is why I took that big swing on Jamison Williams early. He's still here. Um, uh, to me, this is a no-brainer now. Uh, the Jets are going to take Jermaine Johnson, edge Florida. They have not drafted an edge in the first round since, uh, what, uh, a redraft of ours? What Was it Sean Ellis and John Abraham? It was the last time they t- – the, well, I mean, I guess if you want to get technical, it's been like – what Vernon Golston. So Quint it's Coles. still been a long time. Copels. Yeah. yeah. It, either way, it's been a long time since they drafted. What, what he meant to say is they haven't drafted an edge that worked out. They, since they haven't had a player that since. people know since. Right. <laughs> um, and, and this is, you know, the, the dude played on incredible on a bad team. Um, I mean, he transferred out of Georgia because he couldn't get on the field to go to Florida state. They were bad. He still produced. Um, and this is a, this is something that the Jets, you know, they're going to get a dude that they signed from the Bengals that didn't play last year because he got hurt. Carl uh, Lawson. Carl Lawson. So you get Jermaine Johnson and Carl and a healthy Carl Lawson, and all of a sudden this pass rush is at least something. May not be a great something, but it's something, and they have uh, more to build on on that defense. So. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think this again. This is a team that can afford to swing for the fences a little bit. Right with your picks, Jamison Williams. Obviously, you're swinging for the fences there, and Jermaine Johnson, an unproven pass rusher. But again, it's it's one of those instances. Is was it the talent of him, or was it you know the fact that the program just isn't what it used to be, and the the players around him weren't very productive? So, you know, obviously, you hope that both of them hit. But even if one's a swing and a miss, and the other one hits their potential, it still ends up looking like a great draft. And if you're Robert Sala, you know, again, you have a little bit of time to experiment. And again, there's no hot, there's no fire under, under you. Like there is Matt rule. So you can afford to be a little bit more patient with this roster. Can you though? Cause I mean, I feel like the jets are, it, it all it takes is like this season to go bad. And I feel like then he's, he's like, Hey, well, we, we let's know, be real. This all like, now. Well, I mean, if Adam Gase could last as long as he did there, I oh, absolutely. He, he had pictures of somebody. He had pictures. Robert Sala has <laughs> an infinitely longer leash, in my opinion, because yeah, to I, me, his his first season was any was better than anything that uh, <laughs> Adam Gase was able to put together. Yeah, but Adam so, Gase kept getting <laughs> exactly. So, all right, uh, let's go from the Jets to a team in a lot of flux for nothing on the field. Uh, but they still do have to trot out a football team. So uh, the Washington Commanders up at 11. Scott, you're up. Yeah. This this is interesting to me. They're they're really an interesting team because this, I, interesting. I feel like there's a lot of different ways they can go. There are a lot of different needs here. Like I'm looking at the board and there are easily four or five different players that make sense here and that I could I could see them going. Ron Rivera did an interview um, I was the other day, and he was talking about just draft prospects, and he kind of had a slip of the tongue and, and said that, well, we've been watching a lot of the tape on the Ohio State wide receivers, and we love their ability to to get open and to beat defenses and take the top off. Um, and he specifically said Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave he, by name. So, I you know, 
that's been, I think, the hype the last couple of days now, is though they love both of them, and regardless of which one is available, that that's the pick here. Obviously, Olave is still on the board. I, I really like Chris Olave. I think this is a little high, um, to be honest. So I, and, and I don't know that necessarily that's the fit with McLaurin. I don't know that you need Olave um, on the other side because it's, there's a little bit of similarities there. So I'm looking at possibly Drake London because he's a different type of receiver than McLaurin. I think he, he gives you a little bit more of what you need there for Carson Wentz. And we know that Carson Wentz isn't the most accurate quarterback and that, what? you know. Yeah, when he's when he's inevitably going to be under fire from opposing defenses with no Brandon Scherf and running for his life, he likes to kind of just chuck it aimlessly. And so I think you need what? that can go up and get it. <laughs> um, but I'm also looking at Kyle Hamilton. I love Kyle Hamilton. He's one of my favorite players in this draft, and I think that he is, you know, kind of a leader of the secondary. That's what he's going to end up being, and I think they could really use that as well in Washington. They don't really have that guy that you say, you know, this is kind of our, our, our captain back here. This is, you know. I don't want to call him Troy Palomalu, but I'm saying as far as what Troy Palomalu was for the Steelers' defense, as far as the defensive captain, basically, um, I think Kyle Hamilton could easily be that for this team. And honestly, I'm looking at Malik Willis because there's not a lot of trust in Carson Wentz. Um, and you kind of know what you're getting at this point with Carson Wentz. I want Carson Wentz to be the Carson Wentz we saw in Philadelphia four years ago, but I just don't know that he's ever going to be that guy again. And so I don't know how much faith they're going to have in him past this year. Ron Rivera is not a young head coach that is going to sit through a massive rebuild and wait and wait and wait for guys to hit. So I'm really torn between those three players. I think they could go either way with any of them. I think that Ron Rivera's reputation as a defensive-minded coach and the fact that they have an incredible front seven leans me towards offense. So I'm going to draft Drake London, wide receiver out of USC. Wish I could trade back with the Saints and get two picks because I also want Kyle Hamilton, but I'll go Drake London in this spot. Yeah, to me, he's this, he's stylistically what would be nice for McLaurin because yeah. McLaurin's a technician. He's a three-level threat. Yeah, yeah, and and Drake London. I've, I, I haven't seen a receiver recently that's had as uh, – uh, that w- a 50-50 ball feels like a 80-20 ball. Yeah. He, yeah. He's he's so good at the catch point. Yeah, and I think that I I just think that's what they need um, on offense. I I don't know that it's their biggest need, but I think in this spot at 11 with the value, the fact that he's still on the board when obviously there's a lot of people who think he might go eight to the Falcons or 10 to the Jets. So I think if he's on the board there, you got to snag him. Great. I love Uh, it. It's it's so as a Cowboys fan, I hate it. (laughs) <laughs> right. As a Cowboys fan, this draft sucks ass right now, and uh, it, <laughs> they don't pick till twenty four, and everybody in the division's got like eight picks before them. This is gonna be yeah. awesome and like great. And that's the thing too is that you're gonna, for the most part, see all of the teams beef up their offenses, and you're like, well, that's great because Dallas's defense is, you know, right. still yeah. a question mark. So yeah, I get it. Oh no, we got Diggs who just gives up a thousand passing yards, but he picks off the ball eleven times. So I guess that makes it okay. Anyway. Um, okay, so now um, I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil you guys a little insider information. This the Vikings are up at twelve, and we had a request to pick for the Vikings. Ooh, Eric Ede, you are up. You I am. wanted this. I did. You wanted this. So, so... these IDL as the team need there. That's <laughs> so so here, here's, here's... at twelve, the Minnesota Vikings. Eric Ede, you are up. 
direct all your hate mail to Eric Eid if you don't like this. For I don't I don't know I don't think I know any Vikings fans. So we'll see. I I mean I Third know people team I who don't pay attention to or talk about ever. I I feel like I know more about them than I should ever have <laughs> ever wanted to know about them. Anyway, um, this the way this this has has fallen has actually makes this a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, because when I asked to pick for the Vikings, I wanted Jordan Davis there. I, I, I think it would work. They signed Harrison Phillips, but he's I, honestly, I don't think, I don't know why they made that move, to be honest. It's just, eh, is, 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 is what I would say about that. Safety's a need. Um, Kyle Hamilton staring me right in the face. Did not expect to see that there either. The biggest thing that I did not expect, but it's probably because of the way I picked for the Panthers is Malik Willis sitting there. Kirk Cousins, have have the ball for another year. And then next draft, the Vikings can, you know, finish, what, eight and whatever, eight and nine, whatever you want to call it now, and then put a little bit of a better offensive line and, you know, maybe a, a top cornerback or something. So with that said, I feel... It's probably never going to happen, but I feel like the right pick here, a project for the Vikings to get their quarterback, would be Malik Willis. So I'm going to go Malik Willis to the Vikings. I'm not going to do the Anthony Bennett wow because I think it's a great pick. I'm just shocked that it wasn't Jordan Davis. <laughs> I knew that's why you wanted that. And I, I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> but so, like, when you close your eyes and picture Jordan Davis in a professional uniform, it's the Vikings. Is That's all I see. That's what popped in my head first. And I don't know why. But anyway. Uh, no, I mean, uh, Malik's got the biggest upside. And uh, I think uh, it's safe to say that Kirk Cousins has capped off what he can do for this Vikings team. We've seen the highest that it's going to go. And maybe you can put together a team that can go on a run, but uh, drafting Malik to take over for Kirk has uh, Mahomes vibes to me. I like I, on I, a different I, level, like obviously not because we know what Patrick Mahomes is now, but it gives me big Mahomes vibes in that you let Kirk Cousins do solid, and then you bring in Malik Willis, and the offense can take a big step forward. And, and what did everybody say about Mahomes when he was drafted? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, they got Alex Smith. He just took him to the playoffs. And and no one had anything for Mahomes. They're like, oh, he's just he just throws the ball wherever he wants. He just launches it everywhere. And guess what? It works. It actually works in the NFL. So, right. You know, if I'm a Vikings fan, which I am not, I would be ecstatic if that was my pick. But yeah, uh, agree. Um, Okay, I'm up uh, with the Houston Texans um, at 13. Uh, at three, they took Sauce Gardner. Um, this is this is a tough this is a tough situation for me because I well, I'll just say it I would love to take Kyle Hamilton right here. Is it likely that they would take a good double dip at secondary in the first round? I don't know that. I honestly don't. Um, Oh man, um, other guys I'm considering. Uh, uh, Charles Cross is still here. Trevor Penning's still here. Um, some guy named Jordan Davis is here. Uh, He's good. I've heard good things he about good. him actually. I've... Yeah. Um, man, this team, this team is so interesting because I don't feel like it's going to be a bad pick either way. 
I really don't. Um, I don't care. I don't care. Uh, I, you know what? They said it, or I told you guys uh, in the in the thread the other day. One of my favorite draft quotes is uh, is draft good players. Don't overthink it. If you watch the film and you think a guy's great, draft him and worry about the rest later because it's a good player. Kyle Hamilton's a great player. I don't care about his forty time because watch the film. There's such thing as game speed, and and Kyle Hamilton, they can say four six five or whatever. I watched him against Florida State cover about 40 yards on a deep go down the sideline, and he ran from the opposite hash and broke the play up. It, it, he, his range is insane. I don't care. I'm drafting Kyle Hamilton. So Sauce Gardner and Kyle Hamilton to the Texans, congrats. You have now uh, – you know, you've you've taken a huge step for your secondary. And it's Lovey Smith. He's a defensive guy. Kyle Hamilton at 13 to the Texans. That's so, exactly what I was going to say is it, if this wasn't Lovey Smith, I don't know if I'd like it as much. But because it is Lovey Smith and it's Nick Casario and, and, you know, New England, they knew that, you know, one of the keys to winning was having strong corners and safeties. I mean, think about the cornerback safety combinations that were in New, in New England for all those years. It was always strong. And so this is that this works with the organization. I think if it's a different team, two defensive backs in the top 15 doesn't make sense, but I think the Texans is the one spot where it does. The only thing I would have to say is I, I love the pick and it is a smart pick, but at the same time, they have to get somebody in the room that can catch the ball. They just um, signed, they just re-signed Brandon cooks. They're good. Oh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Let's, he's very underrated, but yes, they de- they definitely need more. But this, you've said it before, it's, it's deep. a deep receiver deep. class. Yeah, so you can get guys. That yeah, because yeah, they might they might have to double dip at receiver after this. But <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, got to keep in mind too. This isn't their pick. Their pick, their second round pick is early, right? So yeah. I mean, it's it's one of the first few picks. So you can you know kind of hope that. Well, I don't want to name any names, but that some receivers around that time are, are still available. Correct. I mean, I think the ideal pick would have been, you know, who already went would have been Drake London. I feel if Drake London was there, it may have been, yeah, yeah, that would have been a nice, a, a nice mix to go with. Because uh, yes. this is this is the year this they're going to give Mills the keys and l- let's see what happens. So, well, and and the other the other domino is when you took Sauce and not Evan Neal, because then you can you can have Evan Neal play right tackle and and Tunsil play left. Yeah, it really because like Charles Cross the left tackle like. I just don't know that they'd take um, one of the tackles like Penning or Cross here. Sure. I and and Kyle Hamilton, if if he falls out of the top ten, uh, to me any team that picks him after that, like, I think it's a good pick. I don't care. Like, you can every team um, that you know you can say what you want about the value of a safety. Any team after ten that takes Kyle Hamilton, even the Jets at ten, if you take Kyle Hamilton, I'm not gonna poo-poo it because he's a great football player. Well, look at look at for instance the Cowboys. They happened to work perfectly for them, and it wasn't because they were smart because they are not. It just um, fell to them. Yeah, it, that's it, just the way the board. Michael Parsons fell to them. They were taking a cornerback one thousand percent over and over and over again, but they were gone. And you take the best, and I always say this is you take the best player available. If that's the best player, you take them. Draft good players. Follow follow the. Follow the trail, draft good players. There's, there, I mean, Are, no, there's a reason we're doing this redraft series, right? Because people right. overthink crap, and it's like, oh, we well, need or, this or, or reach because you need a position. Like, don't do that. If you if you feel 
feel like it's a reach and you have to hesitate and go, uh, maybe we can take – no, just draft a good football player. Draft good players. Um, okay, so – uh, Scott, you're up with the Baltimore Ravens, the most injury-ravaged team in football last year, it seems like, other than yes. maybe Tennessee. Oh, uh, so they do have year. a lot coming back. They uh, do have a lot coming back, and, and that's the thing here is I'm looking at their team need, and it says corner, and I get it, but they have some corners coming back from injury. Do we, you know, are they going to be at full health right away? We, we don't know that, but I, I don't think that that's where I'm going with this. Um, you know, when I close my eyes and I picture Jordan Davis, I see him in purple. I don't know why <laughs> I see him in purple. I don't know if someone put that that in my head. I'm not sure, but I just feel like he looks good in purple. Um, and he also looks good to me on a team that really values their defensive linemen, but has uh, like an average age of like 33 on their defensive line and really needs to get younger in that spot. I think that Calais Campbell would be a perfect type of mentor. Uh, for any young defensive lineman that comes into this team. So this is a pretty easy pick for me. The Baltimore Ravens will be drafting Jordan Davis, defensive tackle out of Georgia. Thank yep. you so much. Love it. <laughs> it's a great fit. It, 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 it's, it, Jordan Davis screams Ravens. Yeah. Because um, like Pete Carroll and the Seahawks get a lot of credit for – like, ooh, they'll take on all sorts of personalities and they can, you know – get the best out of guys who maybe don't have like a, mo you know, that are questionable motor type things. The Baltimore Ravens do the exact same thing. Yep. They just don't get talked about with it. They will get him to play his hardest and keep his weight down. And, and because that's my issue with Jordan Davis this whole time is that everybody's like, Oh, he showed up trim and fit at the combine and, and tested like an absolute freak show, but he's never played it that way. He's never played that way. They will, they will force him to, you know, be on top of his weight and all of that stuff and hold him accountable. And I love that. I love the fit. I love it. I mean, okay. you, know, you know how I feel yeah. about, you know, um, <laughs> yes, Mr. My, Davis. My, my, <laughs> um, he just, I was, I was the world's biggest Vince Wilfork fan and I still am. I just wish he could just be ageless and play in the league forever. Um, and this, he reminds me of, he's like a Vince Wilfork, Sean Rogers, like, for you know this guy didn't have a good career terrence cody you know just that large human being that could just you you have to account for him at all times so yeah th this can be their second swing at terrence cody yes <laughs> um and yeah so i like it um all right uh first of two for the philadelphia eagles at 15 eric you are up so the How main reason the main reason i said thank you scott is because i don't have to take jordan davis here because I feel that's <laughs> where I was going, and I would have hated it. If he goes to the Eagles, I will hate my life more than I already do. Um, so, because Fletcher Cox, I think he signed like a one-year deal. He's on his way out. Brandon Graham's yep. 45,000 years old. Their defense needs help, um, especially, you know, on the D-line. So I'm kind of glad the draft has fallen the way it has. Um, all the big names, I feel, are kind of thinned out a little bit. Um because Jalen Rager is a tire fire. Um, Quez Watkins is Quez Watkins. Um, who did they just sign from the Colts? Pascal? Yeah. yeah. That's their wide receiver room right there. So you got Devontae Smith and nobody else. So I think um, it might work well. I don't know. I, I feel like they got to go wide receiver here. 
Um, let's let's give him uh, Chris Olave. I think that'll work well. A nice little pairing. Maybe not the biggest pairing in the world, but I think it fits their scheme, especially with Jalen Hurts the way he throws the ball. Get him want you know wandering around outside the pocket could really open the field up for those two guys. Yeah, and Chris Olave can stretch the field for them a little bit more, and Devontae Smith can then kind of work the sidelines and, and work the middle, which he really didn't have the opportunity to do too much last season because the guy that's supposed to stretch the field, Jalen Rager, like you said, is well, – I, I don't remember if you said dumpster fire or tire fire, but either way, it's applicable. It's it's warm wherever it is. It, it's warm, and yeah. it can't catch a football, so whatever that is, yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, he's, he's definitely a similar receiver to uh, – um, to Devontae Smith, but again, draft good players. He's a good player, and and he'll get open, and that's what you need. Yeah. Okay, I, I think it is a good it's oh, yeah. like it's a good compliment to Devontae Smith, regardless of size of the player. I think they work well with two different skill sets, even you know, size wise, it's different. Yeah. Okay. Um, the New Orleans Saints. Um. They have two picks here uh, pretty quick, and spoiler, I got both of them again. So um, I am going to go uh, – to me, this is a, a huge need. They lost to Ron Armstead. Um, I, I've read in some circles that the NFL is not as high on him because not too long ago, Charles Cross was a like lock to also be in the top ten. Uh, it sounds like the NFL is not as in love with him because he played for Mike Leach and everybody saw what happened with um, old buddy from Wazoo. Uh, oh, gosh, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Eagles drafted him, be their left tackle. Andre Dillard? Yes, Andre Dillard. So that scares them off of him, but he also played for another coach before he played for Mike Leach. So I'm not as afraid of Charles Cross here. Uh, so with the 16th pick, uh, and the Saints did uh, trade to get this, and they need to address O-line, uh, so Charles Cross at 16. That's correct. I'm very upset with you because, obviously, this would have been my easy slam dunk pick next here. So, But, yeah, this this makes all the sense in the world. You said it. Armstead's gone. They they The, I guess, genesis of them trading is, is to have the ammunition to, f- to move up if they feel like they have to. To get a tackle, but in this case, the way that the the draft has played out, they didn't have to. So they, they, either way, they get a guy that they maybe would have tried to trade up to, let's say, nine, ten, eleven to get, and you got him at sixteen. So it's perfect value pick for them. Yep, like it. Uh, um, do you want to recap since we're halfway through? Okay, halfway through. Number one, the Jaguars picked Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. Number two, the Detroit Lions take. Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon. Three, Houston Texans take a mod sauce gardener, Cincinnati. Um, four, the New York Jets take Jamison Williams, wide receiver, Alabama. Uh, Giants at five take Evan Neal, tackle, Alabama. Six, the Carolina Panthers take Trevon Walker, edge, Georgia. Seven, the Giants, uh, again, take Derek Stingley Jr., corner, LSU. Eight, the Atlanta Falcons take Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, Ohio State. Nine, the Seattle Seahawks take Ike Makwanu, tackle NC State. Ten, the New York Jets, Jermaine Johnson, uh, DN, Florida State. Eleven, uh, the Washington Commanders take Drake London, wide receiver, USC. At 12, the Minnesota Vikings take Malik Willis, quarterback, Liberty. 
At 13, the Houston Texans take Kyle Hamilton, safety Notre Dame. At 14, the Baltimore Ravens take Jordan Davis, D-tackle Georgia. At 15, the Philadelphia Eagles take Chris Olave, wide receiver Ohio State. Uh, and at 16, the New Orleans Saints take Charles Cross, tackle Mississippi State. Okay. Well, actually, before we uh, start the second half of this draft, uh, let's just take a minute and support for the uh, Naked Bootleg Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for, to you, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code BTP at manscaped.com. So if my math is correct, you guys can double check me on this. That's about eight balls, give or take. So for every guy that has one, there's probably a guy with three. So I think that that averages out. <laughs> Sounds right. I'm Yeah, that math, that math checks out. All right. And uh, so I, I actually uh, shout out to Sam Carr. He um, helped us with a little tagline. Um, and you'll see it on a few of the, the advertisements we put out there uh, is Manscaped is it's it's very it's good. I've used it. They sent us some stuff and I am beyond um, shocked at how like that trimmer is is fantastic um, and it, it trims you up good from your taint to your teeth. And uh, trust me, I am trimmed up good from now from my taint to my teeth. I yeah, I mean, I, I said this before. I've been using it for years. I recommend it to. Anybody who wants to feel their best and look their best, it's awesome. I, I feel like a million bucks after I uh, use all of the things. Uh, the ball deodorant, I mean, let's be real, guys. It's, I mean, it, your balls don't smell good. Don't pretend they do. <laughs> but Manscaped has made that. It, now you can have great smelling balls. I mean, don't don't ask people to smell your balls. Don't do that. But know that they smell great because Manscaped has given you the ball deodorant and the ball toner. It's all fantastic. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. It's more, and again, just one to wrap this up, it's more than just trimming. It's more than just, you know, taking care of your balls. They have shampoo. They have body wash. They have uh, uh, travel bags. They have anything you really think of, boxers, you know, T-shirts, anything. So, um it's time to take care of yourself, so just go to manscaped.com and get your 20% off with free shipping. Again, that's code BTP. Okay. Scott, you are up with the San Diego Chargers at 17. Yeah. I really don't know what to do with this pick because I, I don't think – I actually, despite all the team needs here listed, I don't think the Chargers have that many holes, to be honest with you. They've had an incredible offseason – Right, bringing in Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson, really upgrading that defense. I'm not as high on this whole, oh, they need a third stud receiver thing that a lot of other people seem to be saying. I don't think you need that with a guy like Justin Herbert who can throw receivers open. I, I, I don't think there's a need here to, to get a third wide receiver in there with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. I think that he can continue to throw open Donald Parham at tight end and, and whoever's going to be out there at, at you know, for third receiver, whether it's Jalen Guyton or whomever else they want to put in that spot. So I, I'm not looking at receiver here. I think the, the easy pick here is Trevor Penning, but I'm not all that high on Trevor Penning in this spot. And I don't think that, I don't think that taking a guy that, you know, is going to play right tackle here 
is is exactly what you need to do because you have Rashawn Slater and he was incredible and exceeded all expectations last year. So I don't know that taking a guy that has some question marks to play right tackle is is the way to go here. Um, I don't think corner is the way to go here again because you just signed J.C. Jackson. So they did also sign Sebastian Joseph Day, but I think that's he has kind of worked better as a rotational player. Um, you know, when he's kind of been out there in a, in a rotation. So maybe that's the way to go here. There's a player that I really, really like on the board, and that's Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia. I, I really like him, and he is, you know, the third guy, right, that's, that's being kind of pushed back after Trayvon Walker and Jordan Davis on that Georgia D-line. But, you know, I look at his skill set, and he's also kind of, a, you know, he's got freaky athleticism, and I think there's a lot of potential there. This is a team with deep playoff aspirations. I think they can afford to take a chance here. And if it's a swing and a miss, it's not going to be as glaring as, a, you know, a team that really needs it. So I'm going to roll the dice here and do it and, and hope that the, you know, the production and the flashes that he's shown at Georgia can continue, especially when you have Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack and, and a great pass rush to kind of work with. So the Chargers are going to draft Devontae Wyatt, defensive lineman out of Georgia. If not for teammate Jordan Davis, people would have been talking about Devontae Wyatt's combine. Yeah, it's absolutely combine. absurd. Yep. Like, it's almost arguably better because the explosive numbers, like, it for him it was the explosives, not necessarily the 40-yard the dash, the long speed. It, his, like, three-cone and his explosive movement is just nuts. So, uh, yeah, I, I love this pick. Yeah, it may be unpopular, but I, I have – I would go – Wyatt slash Davis, like 1A, 1B, and then Trayvon Walker underneath, if it were me personally when it comes yeah. to the Georgia D lineman. But, you know, I, I don't work in the NFL, so. You do not. Uh, call us, though. So, pick 18, the Philadelphia Eagles, their second. And, uh, Eric Eid, you're back up. Yikes. Why? Why does the NFC East have so many picks in the top 20? Just why? stop <laughs> it. Anyway, so... They just went Chris Olave, fill a need at wide receiver. Um, so now let's cover the other side of the ball. I don't feel like there's a good spot for an interior def defensive lineman at this point. Maybe wait a little longer for that. Um, this is a, you know, I know they traded back a little bit already with the Saints. Maybe do it something like that again, but we don't do that here. So what I'm looking at is my. List will refresh here. Is they lost a cornerback, so let's go for a cornerback. So, Marcus, you are familiar with this gentleman um, at cornerback. The knock on him is his arms are a little short, but what, what the who the hell cares? Like, really, if you play football, if you're good at football, you're good at football. Stop measuring people's fingernails. Stop like, oh, his his shin from his ankle to his you know knee is only the shut up. Um. I'd be happy if he fell to Dallas, but he won't. Um, I've, the Eagles here are going to go Trent McDuffie. Yes. Um, I love this, obviously. And I'll just say it. like We had this discussion about him yesterday on the thread. Yeah, the knock is he has short arms, and the ball production's not there, and a lot of people attribute it to that. Uh, in 2020, he just flat out did not get thrown at. And... Kyler Gordon is another very highly regarded corner from Washington, and he can thank Trent McDuffie because he's got so much tape of people targeting him because they did not want to throw Trent McDuffie's way. He's sticky. 
He has all the versatility in the world. He played nickel. He played safety. He's um, just a good football player. And if you can get over the fact that he's got short arms, I think you're going to be very, very happy uh, with Trent McDuffie Eagles fans. I would. I yeah, would, it's I, I, I love this pick, too. I, I love Trent McDuffie. I think this is right around, you know, the good spot to, to consider taking him. Um, I don't care that he doesn't have ball skills because, you know, who else doesn't have ball skills? The rest of the Eagles secondary. So or they're, or they're wide receivers. <laughs> they don't have covering, covering <laughs> right, like, they, like they, they don't have skills either. So like I don't care that he's not going to go out there and get eight interceptions a season. I, who cares? I don't need that. I need him to to cover now. Terry McLaurin, Drake London in Washington. I need him to cover C.D. Lamb. I need him to cover. I was going to name someone from the Giants, but we all know that that that's not a so. Um, yeah, Darius Tony. Oh wait, uh, yeah, right. right. Oh geez. Um, so, no, honestly, again, this, it always comes back to the Cowboys for me. Um, I would rather have a guy who doesn't give up seventy-yard passes. Um, if if I'll give up a few of those interceptions for you know less giant plays gouging plays that lose us games i love it all right i'm up again with the saints um with their second pick of the first round they traded again we mentioned it before they traded uh away next year's first to get back into this first round um and to me it's to pick a quarterback now, whether they package it up and trade it up like we discussed before, that remains to be seen. But we let the board fall. And um, of the quarterbacks that are here, I like one more than the other. Uh, let's let's talk about some of them. I mean, it's Ritter, it's Pickett. Um, and then, if you like it, um, Matt Corral and Sam Howell. But I, to me, this is Ritter or Pickett. Um, I find Pickett's arm strength so discouraging. Um he just absolutely limits what you can do in your offense. And people will go, oh, well, they had they had Drew Brees. You know, they that's the I'm like, but yeah, but you don't you don't have to have Drew Brees. You can just you know, you can you can open up a lot more of the field if you have a guy that's got a bigger arm. Um, so for me, I'm going to go Desmond Ritter here uh, because a he's got a great head on his shoulders. He's. Um, he does not make mistakes. Now, a lot of that last year was a problem because you saw in the Alabama game, he just wouldn't get rid of the ball. Now, you got to teach that out of him and tell him to trust guys. And with a guy like Michael Thomas, you can put a lot of trust in him. Um, they definitely need receiver uh, receiver help to complement him. But again, deep receiver draft. And I like the upside of Ritter uh, as a runner, too. And so Desmond Ritter is the pick here at 19 for the New Orleans Saints. I like I like Ritter so much better for the Saints than I do Pickett. Um, for those exact reasons, the dude's a gamer. He's a winner. He's got that mentality that they they value in New Orleans. Um, you know, he just seems like a Sean Payton guy. Like you said, I think his ability to get outside. No Sean Payton. What? Right, but a Sean Payton oh. guy. Like that's still the culture there. Like Dennis Allen's coming in and they want to continue to win. Right. Like this isn't a rebuild. This is a shift and a transition to a guy that, you know, you still want to have that culture and, and keep that established there. And Ritter just seems like he fits there. I do like the, the upside better. Like you said, the arm strength, I think this opens up the offense in a way that it's just better than Kenny Pickett, where it's just like going to be cookie cutter. 
when you have a guy like Alvin Kamara, who's just so good, it needs to just stop being these little dump offs to him. And, and Ritter can open up that offense a lot better. I, I really like Desmond Ritter as a person, as a player. So I really wish him the best. And I think this is a great spot for him to, to land. I think you can't overlook, I think more important than any other position. I mean, and it, as it as should be, is the head on the, the kid's shoulders. Um, I mean, I think Drew Brees might even be the, the, the poster child for that. Like, he wasn't highly touted. Like, he's like, oh, he's got a lot of these flaws. He's not tall enough. His arm strength's not there. But he had a, he has a good head on his shoulders. He was smart. He could figure things out. And I think you can say all those same things about Desmond Ritter. Not comparing right. him to Drew Brees even a little bit, but as far as the head on his shoulders, I feel like he'll be able to process the defense as if you can tr- teach him to throw the ball. And like Marcus said, trust those guys. I feel this could be a steal. This could be one of those guys that you're saying, like, how, how was he not? How was he overlooked like that? Right, and and to me, you can do what you what Sean Payton lied to us about with Taysom Hill, and and <laughs> actually apply it to somebody who can actually throw the football and present a threat. You and you can run him a little bit. You don't have to run him like they ran Taysom Hill, like running ISO and stuff. But he, he can move. So I lo- I love that for them. Okay, uh, pick twenty. Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, Scott, you're up. I am. I am. And I'm looking at the team needs here. The Steelers quietly, in my opinion, actually did a nice job in the offseason here in free agency. Um, They're never a team that makes a splash in free agency, right? It's always kind of low-key, under-the-radar moves. But I think they did a really good job of addressing some of their needs. You know, their interior offensive line needed some help. They went out and got Mason Cole and James Daniels, who – are both you know pretty solid interior offensive linemen. So to me, taking Zion Johnson here doesn't really make sense because I feel like that's a need that's been addressed. They felt like they needed a quarter a cornerback with a little bit of length, and they went out and got Levi Wallace. Not my favorite guy in Buffalo, but uh, you know he he's fine. So I mean, you addressed a need there, and to me, there's not a corner at this spot that I would consider. So I I'm that's off the board. And then one of my favorite under the radar signings of the offseason is Miles Jack at linebacker for the Steelers. I love Miles Jack and I think him with, you know, you'll see what you can get out of Devin Bush. I, you know, like the youth there and the speed at that linebacker core is incredible. So I'm not looking at a guy like a Devin Lloyd here um, because I feel like a lot of the needs were addressed. I think I'm just going to go with the Pittsburgh guy in Pittsburgh because this one does make more sense because this is cookie cutter because this is an offense that, you know, works with, not a lot of big kind of splashy plays. You've got Deontay Johnson, who is just really, really good at getting open. You've got Claypool, who can take the top off of a defense when you need him to, to stretch the field a little bit. Obviously, Najee Harris is an incredible pass catcher. So I think the weapons are in place for Kenny Pickett to come in here and have instant success. And Marcus said it earlier, too. Pickett's a guy you can win seven, eight, nine games with in your first season with him, as opposed to maybe a Malik Willis. So that's Pittsburgh. They're not trying to lose. We know this is the Steelers or storied franchise. They want to be in the mix for a playoff push. So whether or not he starts week one and he beats out Trubisky right away or not, we'll see. But with the pick, Pittsburgh Steelers will be selecting Kenny Pickett, quarterback, Pittsburgh. Yeah, the fact that they retain Matt Canada and we saw what that offense was last year. Kenny Pickett absolutely fits into that because he doesn't have the biggest arm and apparently that's not a priority for them and they'll right. manipulate the offense to to make it fit however they need to make it fit. Yeah, they built their team. Their team is kind of predicated on okay, we don't really have that vertical threat. We're not going to like we have Fryermuth over in the middle. We have, you know, we can do these things where if you want to just throw the ball 12 yards, it's fine and we can be successful. And I don't love Kenny Pickett, 
but of all the landing spots, I, I think I like him here best. Agreed. I, I mean, him staying in Pittsburgh might help him a little bit too, because there's a lot. I mean, not to, you know, simplify anything, but he's familiar with the area. It makes it a little less overwhelming to a young kid, you know, going to a brand new city. Yeah, he's gonna be like a hometown hero, basically. Yeah. Okay, the New England Patriots at 21. Up next, Eric Eid. Uh, how are you going to fix the evil empire? It was going to be Jordan Davis. He's <laughs> gone. Um, they need. They have. They have more holes than you would think. Um, I'm not sold on Mac Jones, so I don't know what they can do as far as to help that offense. Um, I mean, they had flashes of, like, good performances last year, but I feel like that wasn't it, – it, it didn't make sense because then you look at, I don't know, just, like, the games where they don't show up. That, that that weather game against Buffalo where it just showed you that he didn't trust Mac Jones. Like, I, granted, the weather was bad, but the, why you threw the ball three times all game, three times. It's absurd. Uh, you, you still won the game, but luckily, like you, it shouldn't have been what it was. It basically like, like oh, let's let our defense do it and just hope the weather keeps the bills down. Um, so with that said, um, they need to fix that defense. Was it two games against the bills last year? Uh, the bills didn't punt at all <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah. And the bills hang their head on that. Like they went two games against the Patriots and they did not have one punt. And one of them being a playoff game where they just got embarrassed, and it was bad. So I feel defense is a huge need here. Um, they need to, to show up, I think, those linebackers. I, I mean, cornerback would be a need. Um, Elam here from Florida would be nice. But I think the best bet is going to be Devin Lloyd, linebacker from Utah. It feels like a Belichick pick to me. So I, that's the main reason I went with it over Elam. It just screams New England. Well, and and a lot. Um, Bill Belichick made some comments off this off season about that their archetype for linebackers that in the past, the two hundred and fifty pound big, just run stuffer, just doesn't work anymore. You have yeah. to have guys that can move. And as a guy who uh, is a Pac twelve, you know, I'd support a Pac twelve team. Devin Lloyd is a dude. He <laughs> it's he's, he's so just good. a dude. He's so good. And because linebackers aren't as, you know, they're another position that gets kind of bumped down because of positional value. Uh, to me, he's he's well worth it. So uh, I love it for them. I, I hate this pick because I love because <laughs> I love Devin Lloyd and it's the Patriots. And I'm like, oh, great. Now there's a player that I like on the Patriots. Um, I love Devin Lloyd. His coverage skills as a linebacker, too. That's the thing. It's like like Eric said, no punts like. Now you get a guy that not only is, is a good established tackler, but his coverage skills, like he's probably the second or third best corner on this team, and he's going to be playing linebacker for them. So, yeah, this, this is a slam dunk pick. Oh, yeah, I agree. Um, okay, I am up uh, with the first pick for the Green Bay Packers. Um, you know, this is uh, – is this the pick they got from? Yeah, this this is the pick they got from the Raiders. Yes, uh, for Devonte Adams. So I'm going to go over here to this wide receiver tab, and I'm going to open that up. And then you're going to skip past it because they don't <laughs> draft wide receivers in the first <laughs> round. There you go. No, it is. Aaron Rodgers might walk out of the building and just retire if they don't take a receiver with one of, if not both of these first round picks. But we'll get to that later. Uh, I'm going wide receiver here. Um, I'll be honest. Um, 
I don't get the fall of Traylon Burks. I don't understand it because physically he's got everything you want. And again, it's one of these things. It reminds me of when DK Metcalf came out, and I'm not comparing them because they're not the same. But it's one of those things where they're like, oh, he doesn't. He's not a great route runner. Okay, so teach him a few routes that he runs very, very well, and you'll be very happy. And you know what Aaron Rodgers can do for him is tell him, hey, I want you to run these couple of routes, and if you learn how to run them well, he's going to put the ball there and give you a chance to make plays. And I, uh, he's another guy who's 40 time. Throw it out the window. Watch the film. Watch him run away from Alabama's defense. Everybody. You can get him the ball in a bunch of different ways. Uh, so at 22, the Green Bay Packers are going to take Traylon Burks, wide receiver, Arkansas. I hate this pick, too. <laughs> Which means it's good because I love Traylon Burks and I, I he's the guy you get here because his ability to just he's just a playmaker to me like he's Debo Samuel to me he's a wide receiver but he's so much more than that too he's just a playmaker he it's it's you know we were talking I think you know a few days ago about Debo Samuel because I said that you know he's not the best wide receiver but he's just he gets open. He knows he's great after the catch. Like that's Traylon Burks is the same thing. And that's perfect for this offense because you're mourning the loss of Devonte Adams. And I think the expectation is like, Oh, someone's just going to come in and be Devonte Adams. And you need to get rid of that. Cause that's not going to happen. But this guy gives you the, the ability to make the most plays, turn something, you know, turn nothing into something and, and start to retool this offense. I love Traylon Burks. I like the pick in life, but I hate it. Cause I don't like the Packers. There, I, okay. I I want oh. them to take a wide receiver, and it, it's the one I want them to take. I know that it, he he won't go that high. Is Jahan Dotson? I feel like he'd be a great fit with Aaron Rodgers. Um, just those inside, you know, he he loves the middle of the field type passes. He's not really the best on the outside, but watching yeah. him at Penn State, he was just he was one of those do it all guys that I I want to succeed. Um, not just because I'm a Penn State fan, but because I just feel like he could if he's put in the right system, and I think that is Green Bay. But I agree with Traylon Burks. I mean, he's got everything. It's just, you know, for him to be this late, still there, easy pick. Yep. All right, Scott, you are up with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Kyler Murray's not happy. Um, Cliff Kingsbury's still the coach somehow. Um, what uh, What are you going to do to help out the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, I don't know. I'm not happy either that I have to make a pick for this train wreck of a team right now because what's going on, man? What is happening with this this franchise? It's not even just the Kyler stuff. It's just, it's more than that. It's like their thought process was okay. A couple of years ago, it's like okay, we're a few players away from a, a potential Super Bowl run, right? We've got Chandler Jones. We're going to bring in JJ Watt, and that's going to work. And Chandler Jones is gone. Now, so now you have this huge gaping hole at edge rusher. This is a team that's drafted linebackers in the first round in back-to-back years, um, and unfortunately, neither one of them really seems to be working out. And I love both of those players, but it's not working. Um, receiver, I, I like. I don't know what what's going to happen. Like Hopkins wasn't Hopkins last year. For a lot of the season, unfortunately, and now Christian Kirk's gone. We all know that's well documented, and he was a really good kind of safety net for Kyler. Um, I, I just don't know what this team's going to do. They have a lot of needs, a lot of needs, and I feel like they need some sort of home run type of player, but that's not really available here. Um, 
man, this is if if I were the the Cardinals, I would try to I would call up teams that want to get back in the first round and and offer this around and try to move back and and accrue picks because they just have so many needs. But I can't do that now. Um, I want I want to give them an edge, edge rusher. I'm not super high on George Karloftis. Um, at least not. They need someone to come in and be productive right away. Like, I mean, you're replacing Chandler. You're replacing a guy that's like guaranteed 12 to 14 sacks every year and there's just not that guy available to replace him um so i think i'm just going to give them who i think is the best player left on the board and that's uh zion johnson out of boston college so whatever's going on with quarterback at least you kind of have someone who can come in and help solidify that offensive line you might see them run a little bit more than they did with connor um and whomever else they want to run with i guess it's going to be uh the guy from last year, I forget who it is. You know Benjamin, right? Um, but yeah, I don't know. So Zion Johnson, just get me off this train. Yeah, I mean Zion Johnson's not a sexy pick, but I think he's a solid pick, and they need yeah. they need help on that O line. That O line's bad, uh, and that's why Kyler makes bad decisions and runs for his life. And it's smart. It's a this is a smart pick. Of a, it, it's not a great board for the way it fell for them, but he addresses a big need. So. I mean, there is one way to get more picks for them and fill all those holes, and it's just to trade create, Kyler. It's just to create an even bigger hole and trade in Kyler Murray. Um, right. I, I can we can we just take a second and talk about what the hell is going on in the league where the, all these players are just not like. I've never seen it. This this I'll, I'll this, tell you this amount of chaos. It, it's, it's crazy. It's it's the NBA because now it's turning into the NBA where a player has too much control and they're upset and they whine and then it works. Someone gets their way, so all the other players say, "Oh, it worked for him. Now I'm going to do the same thing." It, it, like that's what's happening, and it's ridiculous. The, every player in the NFL turned into James Harden, and it's awful. Well, yeah, this this I mean the Debo Samuel thing, right? And and I love how the the move is. Well, I'm taking your logo off of my Twitter. Like that that's always the first step, right? That's what you heard with Kyler. That. That's what you heard with Debo. Like, oh, they scrubbed away all of the Cardinals and 49ers respectively from their 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 profile. That's how we know someone's upset. Like, come on, grow up, guys. Grow up. Be a man. And, like, voice your concerns privately to, to the front office. Like, don't go on Twitter. Come on. <laughs> uh, classic. Okay. Um, I think I figured it out, guys. I think Eric E. disguised wanting to pick for the Vikings <laughs> so he could pick for his own team here at 24. And and avoid the Bills right after. Exactly. Love it. I think this is very well played out by Eric E. Congratulations. <laughs> so at 24, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, if I if I know you like I think I know you, I don't think you love this board the way it's fallen. I but, don't. Uh, I want to. Let's, let's see what you will do to help the old uh, the old home team uh, get it done. I want to reach so bad, and I, I as a homer, and I'm not going to do it. <laughs> There's two of them staring me right in the face. If they could both go to Dallas and play with Micah Parsons, we'd just have Penn State in <laughs> Dallas, and I'll be happy. The, if, Dallas, you know, oh the Dallas Nittany Lions. You know what? Not even Now that I even think about it, there's three. There's three. If they could somehow get Jahan Dotson, um, Evacati, and Brisker. If they could somehow pull that, because they're all needs. Those are all needs are, for them. They are all needs. <laughs> what you're basically saying is trade back. <laughs> oh my god! If, yes, please, just please, yes, trade back one position to the Bills, and then again to the Titans. Is it Detroit. Detroit has what thirty-two and thirty-four. Oh, that would there be it is. You, you get the both Chiefs. of those. Go to the Chiefs. 
Yeah. <laughs> 29 and 30. Anyway, with that said, I, Scott, you just said you're not huge on, uh, was it George Karloftis? Karloftis, yeah. I I am a little bit. He just he, I I am. I'll say it. I I like Karloftis a lot. He, he's got he's got like a, a poor man's Aiden Hutchinson going on, and it, it's he's I've seen him play. Motor, I, yeah. I mean, I play. He does have a good motor. I mean, a lot of people say that about um, him and Aiden Hutchinson. He also watched watched some Purdue film. There are games where he's getting triple teamed. Yes, because there's nobody else on that Purdue D line that's worth anything, and yeah. he's getting absolutely mauled by three people. And I'm get, I'm getting sick of these the Dallas. Pass rushers are all those. I'm gonna have to speed you to the quarterback. I'm not gonna push you over to the quarterback. And I feel like that's what they need is somebody that's gonna like. No, nope, I'm not gonna try to run past you. I'm gonna try to run over you. And I feel that that's George Karloftis, and that's where the Cowboys are going because I'm not gonna reach. I'm not gonna make the homer picks. I'm not gonna do it. I'm. They need a need, and it's George Karloftis. All right, I am up with the Buffalo Bills at 25. They're interesting because this is the first year they're not going to have Dable as the offensive coordinator. So you you, you don't know what you're going to get from um, a Ken Dorsey, uh, you know, calling the plays. And I know they want to get away from Josh Allen running the ball so much <laughs> because it's just not smart business. You're paying that guy a boatload and you want him to be healthy and him running the ball is counterintuitive to that. Um. Obviously, um, I think running back is an issue because you have Devin Singletary, who, like, on a lesser uh, level than Rashad Penny, just had an insane close to the year. But let's be honest, Devin Singletary is a great compliment, but he's not a he's not a load carrier, and he's also at the end of his contract. Um, I think this running back class is solid, and I think you can wait. Although I'm hearing steam about them and Brees Hall in the first round and more power to him if it happens. But I I think if you got any one of Brees Hall or Isaiah Spiller or Kenneth Walker, I think all of those guys at any point would be good for them. And I'm not going to reach here for a running back. I'm just not going to. You also you can't draft a running back last name Spiller for the Bills. Yeah, <laughs> unless he were. Please, 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 please don't do that. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, if they draft a running back, there's going to be a riot in the city. Yeah, it's it just to me. It's just you don't need it. You don't need it. You have Josh Allen. Um, they desperately need help at corner. It's been an issue, and they just don't do it. I don't understand it. I don't know why, but especially now with with um, um, God, Levi Wallace is gone. Well, yeah, but Trey um, White. Trey White coming off of an injury, I really think um. They need to address corner in a in a big way, um, especially if you want to compete in the NFC or in the AFC with all of these passing attacks. You need another corner, and that's where I'm going to go. Um, now, you've got Kyrie Elam, you have Andrew Booth Jr. and Kyler Gordon. To me, are the are the three. Now, Kyler Gordon got invited to the combine or to the draft, which means he's been told by somebody that if he's there, they're going to pick him. Um, I, I've seen Kyler Gordon play. He's a freaky athlete. Um, not speed wise. It's not straight line speed. It's everything else. He's quick. He's longer than, than McDuffie. He jumped like 42 inches. He's a great athlete. Um, Kyer Elam ran a crazy fast 40. Um, 
but he didn't stand out necessarily to me as much. I am a big fan of Andrew Booth. Um, I think he um, is another one of these guys, like to a lesser extent of Stingley, that when he's on, he's so 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 good. And I don't. And and Clemson had a down year, and I thought he had a down year. I thought his tape the year before was insane. Um, so I'm gonna rely on McDermott and those guys to get the best out of him. So at 25, the Buffalo Bills are going to take Andrew Booth Jr. So they are desperate for a cornerback. Um, they've been trying to replace Levi Wallace for since he got there. Um, <laughs> it, it's literally as soon as he got there, he was like, oh, who's this undrafted guy that we found? Like, oh, this is good. He's a nice thing. And then within two seconds, they're like, we've really got to find somebody better than him. And <laughs> At the same time, they love uh, who is it? Dane Jackson. They feel like he's got a lot of yeah. upside. However, uh, they should be worried more about Trey White than they are. I believe. Yeah, um, I agree. Because he he tore that at Thanksgiving. Like he he's mm-hmm. he, he's in, insider info. Um, I see him three times a week. Um, his son goes to the same daycare as my son, which is kind of cool. Um, or preschool, I guess. Um. So I see him. He doesn't have a he doesn't have a brace on insider information. Uh, so he's walking around okay. <laughs> All right, I like it. Wow, he's just wearing, right? Maybe he's worried if he showed up to pick up his son, he's wearing a big old knee brace. Oh, You're geez. like, ooh, coverage can't be going well, right? Well, you, oh, jeez, you probably can't walk around Buffalo like showing that you're injured. They're they're gonna, yeah, no, they're gonna destroy no, no. you. I mean, I know how. I know a few people personally that have torn their ACLs, and I know like after surgery, you're not literally hobbling around for yeah, months and right. months. And um, it's just not and it's not what it used to be, but it's just the time that he did it. Yeah. Like now now it's expected to be about nine months and you should be good to go. But again, everybody's different. So they just they have to they have to address corner. It's, it's insane it's, that they've ignored it for this long. At the same time, too, is what you're going to have to with Trey White is he's going to have to get used to because making a cut after you tear your any type of ligament in your knee is, is going to be different because you have to learn to trust it. Same thing Joe Burrow went through. Um, mm-hmm. He's going to have to learn. They're probably he's going to have a brace on. He's going to have to play with a brace on. It's like he's got to get used to that. It's a big adjustment, um, and I feel like they need somebody to help solidify the other side because I feel as soon as he's on the field, the other teams are going to test him. Both yep. of them now. If they put a rookie on one side, they're going to figure out who who's the weak link, and they better hope their rookie isn't. And that's why I think Booth is the right pick of the three that Marcus was describing yeah. because I think he's the most ready to go right now available i i you know the other two have more upside in my opinion definitely elam and and kyle gordon but i think booth is the this is a team again you're not looking to wait you need something instant you need it right now you need a a plug and play you know starter from game one and i think of the three available that was andrew booth so i approve and now lockdown bills is over and we can move on (laughs) yeah no kidding um, okay. So, well, and, and Scott's a Bills fan and, and Eric lives in Buffalo. So right. like, yeah, we could, we, we, could had, we had to, we had to address it. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, that was me. So Scott, you're up with the Tennessee Titans, um, the surprise team of last year with all of those injuries. And they somehow got the one, even though I think we all knew they weren't the one. Um, so, uh, let's go with, uh, your pick for the Titans. Oh man. It's anyone who's, you know, obviously these two know because we've done three of them. Um, but if you're listening, you've only heard, you know, maybe one or two of them. But on the redraft, it's really hard for me not to draft wide receivers. 
in, in any sort of, I just love the position of wide receiver. I love playing wide receiver. I grew up only paying attention to wide receivers. I just think it's, to me, it's the most exciting position in all of sports. And so like, I always just gravitate to wide receivers and I'm trying to not do that. But then a team like the Titans comes up for me and they need a wide receiver. And so it, like, it's like, I'm trying not to, but here's a team that I think really needs one. AJ Brown, you know, we kind of talked earlier. He's one of those guys right now that's having some contract disputes and some issues. And we don't, we don't exactly know the future there. We don't know if he's also going to scrub the Titans from his social media and demand a trade. One, even if he doesn't, there's nothing on the other side. The Julio Jones thing didn't work out. There, there's really nothing else there. So I'm kind of glad that Traylon Burks isn't available here because I wouldn't want to take him because him and AJ Brown are very similar, you know, and, and they're, they're both really great run after catch receivers, um, you know, who can, who can make big plays. I think they need something else, right? They, they need a receiver that can stretch the field more, um, more of a vertical threat for them. And I don't, I don't honest, I don't love the receivers here for them uh, from a fit standpoint. Um, but I know it's such a big need. And again, this league is just trending towards that. And again, in the AFC, with this offensive arms race that's going on with all these teams, I, I don't think the Titans want to get left behind there. And a linebacker is a huge need for them. And I really like N'Kobe Dean, and I think it's a great fit. But I, I think they, they will probably draft a wide receiver. And, oh man, it comes down to which one. I, I like Sky Moore. Uh, he's fast, but... That seems like a Raiders pick to me, and I don't think the Titans organization is going to do that. That doesn't seem like a, a, a Titans move is to kind of take a guy just based on speed and intangibles. I love Christian Watson. He's one of my favorite players in this draft. But again, I just don't know that the Titans are going to do that. I, I think that, unfortunately for Ede, this is where I got to go Jahan Dotson here because I think that of the receivers left on the board – he makes the most sense at this spot and he's the most practical pick and the Titans historically have been a very, very practical team when it comes to drafting. They don't really try to make a splash pick. They don't try to swing for the fences. They just kind of make the, the practical choice. So I'm going to do that for them and take Jahan Dotson out of Penn state. Yeah. yeah. Style. Sty yeah. Stylistically. That's, that's the right fit. You yeah. got AJ Brown's your big body, your your go get it guy, your, your guy you get to underneath, and Dotson can, Dotson to me gives me Tyler Lockett vibes. Yes, and we've seen how that worked out, and he was a third round pick. Like when you have a guy that just makes plays and wins, you you take him because to an extent he's a lot like Olave in that I don't know that like Olave ran like four three six, and I don't know that he plays that fast, and it's just like but he just makes plays, and you get guys that make plays. I hate it because I feel this is a bad not for the I don't hate it for the Titans. I feel like it's great. It's a great pick and it should be wonderful. You hate it cuz it's bad for the Chiefs and the Packers? I hate it because it's Ryan Tannehill throwing him the ball. <laughs> <laughs> and and yep. that that experiment needs to end already. We get it. He was coming like, "Oh, who's this guy?" Like we got him from the the Dolphins and he's literally a pile of crap. Oh wait, he's not. He's average. That's so great. Like, he was comeback player of the year. He's average. Hey, um, I don't know if you know this, but he played wide receiver in college. Which is fine. Oh, he did? <laughs> <laughs> they say it every broadcast, every Titans I, game I've ever seen. They're like, Ryan Tannehill played uh, receiver in college. Yeah, duh. So get, wait for this get now. It. You ready for this? Huh. Once he retires, there's going to be a movie. 
American <laughs> American Underdog Two, and it's literally just gonna be talking about how he was a wide receiver in college. It's just gonna show him a wide receiver. We need help. We need you to play quarterback. Can you do it? Got you, coach. And then it cuts uh, over to Kurt Warner stocking shelves. What are you doing here? I, I, I want to learn how to play quarterback. Can you teach me? That's what people don't know is that Kurt Warner actually mentored Ryan Tannehill to play quarterback at, oh, at the grocery store. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Scott toilet paper. All right, uh, here we go. Uh, the te- oh, the, ooh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who for the first part of the offseason, we thought, oh, man, they might be in that quarterback market. Oh, maybe they're not because they drafted Kyle Trask. Ooh. But Tom Brady is back. Um, Chris Godwin's back. Kind of. Gronk presumably will be back. Kind of back. He's, he's He'll be back. Well, yes, he will be back at some point. Um, so... The, the Tom Brady, the Tom Brady. Tom Brady's back, so uh, what are you going to do for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 27? So what do we do? Do we do need? Do we go need and take it? Because they need interior offensive linemen. That's big. Um, but what I remember last year was that when Godwin went down, there was nobody else. It was Mike Evans and Gronk and just nobody else. Nobody else. I don't know. So, I mean, I'm down between Kenyon Green and then Scott's. I feel like he. I, I'm surprised he hasn't been mentioned yet. One of Scott's. I know Scott's favorites. I didn't mention him for a reason. George Pickens. <laughs> I feel like that's a good fit with Brady. Um, but at the same time, you have to protect your 50-year-old quarterback. And they lost Alex Kappa. Yeah, exactly. So the Buccaneers here are going Kenyon Green. That large, large man, Kenyon Green. Yeah, it's like one of those things where it's not, it's not sexy, but like this is the move the right, it's just the right Bowl. move. Yeah, it's a Super right. Bowl winning move. I mean, at yeah. the same time, too, what you look at is Tom Brady doesn't need George Pickens as much as George Pickens would need Tom Brady, um, and Brady's done it with Dion Branch. He's made Wes Welker a name. He made Julian Edelman a person. He's literally done it with everybody. I'm really so. waiting for that Tyler Johnson breakout because I was a big Tyler Johnson fan coming out, and I, I, I don't think it's been. I think the Russell Gage signing. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about Russell that, Gage. Yeah, I oh think that's signing. Yeah, I think that's, that's writing's on the wall for Tyler. That's Johnson, a I massive. Think. I think I, for... I don't think Brady likes Tyler Johnson. Every time you ever see. No him throw the ball to Tyler Johnson. You just see this look of disgust on Brady's face because he didn't do it, what he was supposed to do. Well, not only that, it's like as he throws it, he's like, oh, it's Tyler? I thought, oh, well. Damn. Oh, he pulls, yeah, pulls man, back a little AB. bit. Man, I wish AB was still here. So like, why'd, you, like, why'd you take that sack? They were like, Tyler was open. He's like, that's why I took the sack. Uh, yeah. um, okay, so uh, I'm up with the Packers with their second pick. Earlier, I took Traylon Burks. Um, while I would am very tempted to uh, double dip at receiver here, I'm not going to do that because they have another big need, um, and that is pass rush. Uh, Zadarius Smith is gone. Uh, they they I mean they have uh, oh gosh, um, what's his name Michigan? Why is this why is this happening to me all of a sudden? I'm really struggling. Rashawn Gary, Rashawn Gary, who's solid, but they just they need that help. The pass rush was bad last year. Um, uh, so there's a guy I really like, and he's been a slow, slow burn riser. But I really like the way the guy plays. Um, I'm going to take Boye Mafe, the edge from Minnesota, uh, to the Packers. They just they need 
uh, they need that athleticism off the edge. Because Gary's like a big, he's playing that outside linebacker role and they do drop him. He's too big. Uh, (laughs) Mafe, to me, gives you the best of both worlds, that that great athleticism and that ability, you know, um, you know, that bend around the edge as opposed to Gary, who's more of a power guy. So uh, Boye Mafe. I, I, yeah, I, they need an edge rusher. I wonder if this is a, because it's the Packers and they can afford, I think, to be a little bit patient. I wonder if this is a David Ojabo spot, potentially, you know, oh, speaking yeah, of Michigan absolutely. rushers. I think it maybe would be between Mafe, who obviously you can have on the field right away, and Ojabo, who just offers you massive upside, but you know that he may not be playing until November. So I think that's what it comes down to, but I, I don't think they can go wrong either way. Right. And and my my whole thing is if it was an ACL for Ajabo, I think I'm taking Ajabo here, but it was an Achilles. Yeah. And and a comparison to make is when Sidney Jones was coming out and everybody was like, oh, he's a lock for a first rounder. And then he tore his Achilles and he fell, you know, well into the second round. And I think it's just way more caution with an Achilles than it is an ACL. Um, All right. So the Chiefs have back to back first round picks. Scott, you're up with their first one. What do you got? Yeah, I'm really torn here because don't do it. If I don't, <laughs> the thing is, Eric next. Also picking for the Chiefs. If I don't <laughs> draft a receiver here, he's gonna give them George Pickens. I'm no. I'm next. telling you right now. And I'll, I'll tell I you, don't want. No, that. they do not need a re- receiver here so, at all. Like, I, no, I agree. I don't want to pick a receiver here, but I'm I'm worried that you will. I will. Um, I will tell you right now. Don't ruin what I'm. Don't think what I'm doing. They're not doing it. They're not doing it. I I want to draft Daxton Hill for them, um, and the reason is pretty obvious. They lost Honey Badger, and they lost Travarius Ward. I mean, you know, arguably their two best defensive backs. And Daxton Hill is a really good hybrid player. He's a good safety. It offers you a lot of versatility, athleticism, but he can also play slot corner. And so you're kind of getting, you know, two positions for the price of one. And they really need that there, especially now. I mean, that division now with Devontae Adams there and with Russell Wilson there, like the, the balls are going to be flying in the AFC West. And I didn't even mention, obviously, the Chargers with Herbert and those guys. So, th- yeah, this pick here to me is Daxon Hill. He, he fills two needs with one player. So Daxon Hill safety from Michigan to the Chiefs. I think he's very much in play for Dallas at 24. Definitely. I think he's exactly the guy, a guy that they would love. So uh, I, I'm he's one of these guys that I think probably is going to go higher. But uh, I mean, this is great for the Chiefs at 29. So. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Eric, you're up at 30. <laughs> this is a back to back pick. My bad. I got I, I was like looking at the board trying to figure out who you're going to take. So, uh, yeah, you're up at 30. So um, do you guys <laughs> with the Kansas City Chiefs? Do you guys know um, anything about the the Chiefs' pass rush? Because nobody does, because it's not existent. Um, <laughs> well, they got no. They got uh, they got Frank they, Clark. They're Frank Clark, but oh, he, yeah, cool. He, uh, you know, <laughs> cool. Who's that? Is that an investment banker, Frank Clark? Right. Oh my gosh. So I mean, why am I spacing on the dude's name? The big dude in the middle. Chris Jones. There you go. That guy. Such a random. I was going to say Hill. I'm like, it's not. Is Hill. he an investment banker? Chris, Chris Jones? Jones and Why the, the law bad? firm of Jones and Clark. Jones and Clark. <laughs> Chris Jones and Frank Clark, the whitest names ever. <laughs> well, I'm going to put a non. Is this is not a, a white guy name? Um, they're going to go. <laughs> I mean, the first name is a little bit. Um, it's but, very much so. Yes, <laughs> a, um, a lot of it. Yeah. They're they're going edge rusher. Um, my boy from Penn State, freak freak athlete, Arnold Evacati 
I feel like he could really it kind of it, it works because he does remind me a little bit of a, a leaner Tom Bahali, just more athletic. Um, he's just he's just so powerful. I, I I feel once he gets in the NFL and somebody can show him the right way to do things because I feel he's still a little raw um, that he can really he, he's he's going to be a steal. I like it. I like it a lot. He's going to I think he's very much in play in the first round for sure. I, I mean, I'm, I'm almost would say it's a lock at this point because the way that people have been talking about him. But he's a very good player. I like him. Um. I'm going to double check on something because this I'm up with the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, they, who did they sign at O-line in the off season? Everyone. Uh, they got Alex Kappa. <laughs> Literally everyone. I have it right here. Um, they got Alex Kappa. They got Ted Karras and Lyle Collins. Okay. So they triple dipped basically. They, they triple dipped with, and guys with versatility too, which is nice. Karras right. And, and, and like, because originally I knew they'd signed somebody, but I'm thanks for reminding me because I was tempted to just <laughs> go Trevor Penning, move on, done. But they also have another uh, massive need, in my opinion, <laughs> and it's in the secondary and it's in multiple spots. Yeah, they can go safety here or they can go corner. Um, and I, I love Kyler Gordon. Um, I don't know that I would take him for them um elam is is very tempting and and to me so is lewis seen because you have jesse bates who is your center fielder your um you know your eraser in the back end and he is great but because they're so bad at the other safety spot he was playing a lot in the box last year and i just don't think that that's where he needs to be uh, I, I, I this is tough, but again, I don't. They resigned uh, the the you know everybody's favorite punching bag <laughs> at, after the Super Bowl. Is there a cornerback that named after another fruit that you can take? <laughs> um, no, unfortunately. So as much as I actually, you know what. Because of what, because of him being invited to the draft, maybe this is where it happens. So I am going to go Kyler Gordon. I, I keep I, I have all this information again, and this is, you know, us being draft guys. You you follow guys on Twitter. You you read the tea leaves. When guys get invited to the draft, the goal is for their them not to be waiting there. You have Brady Quinn famously waiting there. There you have a couple of guys. I feel like Kyler Gordon's been told that he's going to get taken in the first round. And I think he's worthy of being taken in the first round. So as uh, Kyrie Elam is a better athlete, but when you go to Washington you and you played under Jimmy Lake, you basically have a PhD in, in defensive back, you know, IQ, um, except for Kevin King, apparently like forgot what that was about. But uh, I'm going to take Kyler Gordon here at 31 to the Cincinnati Bengals. They need help at corner desperately. And if they want to be back in the Super Bowl, they have to get better on the edge. Not the pass rush edge. The guard guys that are fast edge. I think corner is absolutely the move. I, I If we saw it in, in not just the Super Bowl, we saw honestly in the entire playoffs. Like the entire season that, that they really could not stop anyone with that secondary. I don't care like how well Mike Hilton played. He's not that good of a cornerback to, to be the guy that you're, you're hitching your bets on. Like, well, and he, and he's your slot guy and, right. and, 
and I think he's a solid slot guy. But yeah, you don't you don't want him to be your second best corner. Yeah, exactly. Shouldn't be so. Shouldn't be the. Yeah. This this is the right type of pick. I mean, honestly, like it's funny. You just you just said that if they want to get back to the Super Bowl, and obviously I know they went to Super Bowl, but in my head I was like, they're not going to the Super Bowl because it's like, has there ever been a team? Like they went to Super Bowl the year before that has like less of a chance to go back than the Bengals. Dude, this <laughs> yeah, comes, yeah, with this, this AFC arms race, like the way that this AFC looks stacked, you're like, I don't know that the Bengals are one of the five best teams in the conference right now, and yet they're coming off of a Super Bowl appearance. Yeah, like they, they could miss right. the playoffs easily. They're they're yeah. completely reliant on that offense being unstoppable, and exactly. And they and they proved that by what they did in free agency. And I'm, I'm yeah, and I'm glad. I'm listen. We said it last year, literally, as we did this mock draft. Like they need to take Panay Sewell. They need to address this offensive line. Joe Burrow's gonna die. And they finally did it. And I'm so happy that they did it. And their offense is gonna be great. But defensively, I just don't think they're gonna be able to stop enough teams to. If they make the playoffs, I don't know that I see them getting past the the, the first round. All right, this is it. Last pick of the first round. Scott, you're finishing us up. You started with the Detroit Lions. You're going to end with the Detroit Lions. Uh, what do you got for them? Well, just like I said at two, I'm not taking a quarterback here either. I know that's been – a lot of mock drafts have that. It has Sam Howell or Matt Corral here, um, you know, just to get a guy in there. Not necessary to me. I, again, I said it earlier. You roll with Jared Goff and you wait, and if it's a complete, you know, train wreck – then you're right at the top next year to take, you know, one of the more talented guys. So I, there's no sense to me to have Sam Howell come hold the clipboard just for you to draft a guy in the first round next year. Anyway, to me, that's a waste of a pick. So I'm going to address one of these other needs. We talked about it. Wide receiver is still a need, you know, despite the DJ shark signing. It's first of all, it's a one year deal. And secondly, you still want to put someone else on the other side because Amon Ross St. Brown's going to roll in the slot. So you'd like to have someone else on the outside there for Goff. And we know I love George Pickens. I, he He's one of my favorite players in this draft. Uh, we, we've talked about this before. If he ends up being one of the best players to come out of this draft, I won't be surprised. But you don't have to scroll there. I'm not picking him because I love George Pickens. And the last thing I'm doing is putting him on the Detroit Lions. <laughs> Would never do that to someone I care about. Um, there's a lot of needs here. I, I, I'm going to draft Kyer Elam here. I they, they still need help at corner. Um, Jeff Okuda has obviously not stayed healthy and when he's been on the field and again obviously that could be because of the health but he really hasn't been productive at all and even if he is there's still not there's not much else there either um Kyra Elam you get the speed demon you get the guy it's it's typical Florida defensive back right I mean he's speedy but the skills aren't there yet he needs to refine them um so if he does great if he doesn't, you got a speed guy back there. I mean, you can take a swing here. You pick again at 34. They've got picks all over this draft. I think they can get receiver later on. They can go with a receiver 34, or they can go round three and get a guy like a John Michi Jr., um, you know, in the third round at receiver. So Kyrie Williams the pick here, um, and that's, I don't have much else to say about it. Yeah, I mean, I, they need they need help everywhere. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and even if Okuda does end up working out, you still need three corners in this league. So then you'd have Elam, O-R- uh, Amani Aruwarie, yeah. and and uh, Akuda, and that's good. You need good corners. You need and, as many as you can get. And they're young. So yes. if they develop and they can all develop together, that yeah, that'd be really nice. If uh, I mean, it's not something we do here anyway, but if in real time, I guess, the smartest thing for the Lions to do to hear, here would be to trade out and get somebody in who wants that quarterback and wants that mm-hmm. fifth year. 
Oh um, yeah, absolutely. They're they're, yeah. they're in a prime spot at thirty two to get out of there and get oh, more, yeah. if a, if more assets. Oh yeah, if a team loves Matt Corral, yeah, if a team loves Matt Corral and he's sitting there, definitely because yeah, the Lions. I mean, I I wanted to, I thought about Nicobe Dean here too because I think you know linebacker is also a huge need for them, and maybe at thirty four if we kept this thing going that would be the pick, but we're not doing that so. Yeah, and and you know you spoke about um, you spoke about Detroit and the need to take a quarterback. If you don't like anybody, don't take them. It could because in this we weren't doing trades. Yeah. Now if the Seahawks trade back from nine and they accumulate more picks, I'm okay with throwing a dart at somebody with sure. like what they have right now at forty and forty one. But if you pick at nine, you know one of those guys that I said falls and you do draft at nine and then you have 40 and 41. I'm sorry, but to me, it's a waste of a pick. If you use 40 or 41 on a quarterback, take good players that can help you in other spots. You can survive with Geno Smith slash drew lock for a year. And then let's say you're bad. Oh, well now I get to pick from one from this quarterback class who at the very least is going to be going to have more quarterbacks that are draftable in the first round than this one. And I'd rather bet on those guys as of right this second than I would Matt Corral or Sam Howell or whoever else is going to be there. I just, yeah. I would, I would, if they trade back and they accumulate more picks, sure, you have more swings, take one. But to me, if they stay, if they stand pat, don't take a quarterback. I so, mean, for Detroit, it's best case scenario. How many wins do the Lions? I mean, best case, absolute best case scenario. Four. What, what, what's, yeah, eight. I was going to say eight. Okay. So even if it's eight, if you go eight and nine, you're probably not making the playoffs. And even if you were to squeak in, you're still drafting what 18th ish, yeah. right? Best case scenario, you're still drafting in the, within the first 18 picks of the draft. I'd rather get a guy at 18 at next year's quarterback class than one of these chumps at 32 this year. And that's best case. And worst case is, yeah, you're picking in the top five, which is probably more likely to happen. And you can get right. your guy next year. Well, yeah. I, I don't understand the – I mean, I, I, I guess I get it that Jared Goff isn't the guy in Detroit. But at the same time, his season last year was not terrible. No, it's not bad at all. And that was with Amon Ross St. Brown and, like, no, nobody else. TJ Hawkinson occasionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the thing is that, to me, they just need to stand pat and, and trust that they're doing the right build because I think they are building it the right way. Don't don't just take a quarterback for the sake of taking one. But Keep because oh, on we're what in the first have. round, yeah, we get we get the extra year. So okay, so an extra year for the guy to hold the clipboard because that's that's all Sam Howell's ever going to do in the NFL. I, I'm saying that right now. I like Matt Corral. I like his his skills. I, he's raw, but I think if he puts it together, he can be an NFL starter. But Sam Howell, who's the name that I see linked to Detroit more. I don't it's, think he's ever gross. going to be anything more than a clipboard. So I don't know, even I think he's that. I'll like, I'll say one thing about Sam Howell that that to me is just one thing that you have to consider is what he lost <laughs> coming back to North Carolina oh my this God. year. Yeah, he lost Michael Carter, Javante Williams, and he lost two uh, two receivers that got drafted that were like all of his production last year on offense. All of it was gone. So, yeah, and and that's why they ran him a bunch this year because they didn't have anything else. So I, I think that's a part of it. But also um, the offensive coordinator for North Carolina was a guy named Phil Longo. You want to know who else he Phil Longo was the OC for? Anybody? No think about prolific 
college offenses with a bunch of guys that the team was bad. With a, with a bunch of guys. <laughs> with a bunch of dudes, and the team was not good. That, that could, I feel like that, that, that could, could be a lot. There's a lot. <laughs> the Ole Miss Rebels that had DK Metcalf, AJ mm. Brown, um, uh, Van Jefferson, Dawson Knox, and Jordan Tamu. Now, Jordan Tamu, you can say, well, he's not very good. Agreed. But the fact that they won like five games with that offensive group on the field is means he's bad. <laughs> he's yeah. A, he's not good. Okay. So we've got all third. All 32. I'm not going to – I'll do the second half recap because yeah. I recapped the first half. So at 17, the Los Angeles Chargers take Devontae Wyatt, D-tackle, Georgia. 18, the Philadelphia Eagles take Trent McDuffie, corner, Washington. 19, the New Orleans Saints take Desmond Ritter, quarterback, Cincinnati. At 20, the Pittsburgh Steelers take Kenny Pickett, quarterback, Pittsburgh. 21, the New England Patriots take Devin Lloyd, linebacker, Utah. At 22, the Green Bay Packers take Traylon Burks, wide receiver, Arkansas. At 23, the Arizona Cardinals take Zion Johnson, interior O-line, Boston College. 24, the Dallas Cowboys take George Karloftis, edge, Purdue. 25, the Buffalo Bills take Andrew Booth, Jr., corner, Clemson. 26, the Tennessee Titans take Jahan Dotson, wide receiver, Penn State. 27, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers take Kenyon Green, uh, interior O-line, Texas A&M. 28, the Green Bay Packers take Boye Mafe, Edge, Minnesota. 29, the Kansas City Chiefs take Daxton Hill, Safety, Michigan. At 30, the Kansas City Chiefs take Arnold Ebicady, Edge, Penn State. At 31, the Cincinnati Bengals take Kyler Gordon, Corner, Washington. And at 32, the Detroit Lions take Kyer Elam, Corner, Florida. So we'll start with Scott. I know you had a big, big board. Um, who's uh, best left available? And who do you think we left out that you are like, I'm pretty positive they're going to get drafted in the first round? Uh, I mean, that one's tough because I, I probably Trevor Penning. Yeah, uh, I, that's that to me is the one that stood out. Just based on the need for, for offensive linemen, and especially because, you know, it's kind of projected that the first three tackles are going to be off the board very early. So there are going to be teams that say in the teens, in the early 20s, that say, well, we also need a tackle and – you know, Trevor Penning's here. So probably him, the guy that I think pained me the most to leave off is Nicobe Dean. I just think he's just a really, really good player. Um, but linebacker is just not a position that's valued. And, you and know. especially a short one that yeah. didn't run as fast as everybody thought he was. I mean, it's just one of the classic things that and the NFL does. If you're short at a position that doesn't traditionally have a lot of short guys, you're going to get bumped down. It's just what they do. Yeah, um, I agree. That's probably the one to me that hurts me the most, but the one that I'm most surprised by that I think will be in the first round is probably Trevor Penning. Okay. Uh, Eric, what about you? Anybody, any surprises? Anybody you think that might get drafted or should get drafted and, and won't? I feel like we went – it was a little light on, like kind of like Scott said, on the O-lineman. I think Tyler Lindbaum is going in the it, first round somewhere. Um, I do too, and I, I love Tyler Lind Linderbaum. I mean, I loved Garrett yeah. Bradbury as well, and they're very similar. So. And then you got uh, – what's his uh, – Bernhard uh, Raymond? Yeah. Bernard Raymond. Yeah, I, I feel like he's going to go too. It, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, it, it's I, – I definitely thought we'd have both Washington corners going, so – it's yeah. it's gonna be it'll be a nice beginning of the second round if it if it falls it, even close to this. 
the teams at the at the top of the second round, you know, the Lions, the Jets, those teams, there's going to be they're going to be really really good players, and that's why I think both of those teams specifically should not draft receivers in the first round. Like everyone's saying the Jets at 10 should get one of the receivers. I'd be fine if they waited and got George Pickens at the top of round two. Like, I, I think that's a better move for them. Um, yeah, I mean, Christian Watson, there, there's going to be some really good players uh, at the top of, of round two. Um, Jaquan Brisker, like Eric mentioned earlier, is another guy. Roger McCreary, the corner. There's, there's a lot of good talent there at the top of round two. Yeah, uh, and for me, I, th- I definitely think it's Trevor Penning. I mean, uh, for the Draft Network, he was the 18th-ranked prospect, and we didn't get him in. Uh, it is some team's going to fall in love with him. You know, small school guy, so, you know, the jump in competition is always, I think, a scary thing for teams to bet on. Um, Pickens is definitely very interesting. To me, he has the biggest range. To me, he could be he could be the Packers pick at 22, or he could be like DK Metcalf and be picked at 63 yep. in the second round. He's a complete wild card because of, A, his injuries, but then even when he was healthy for Georgia last year, they didn't really use him, and that, to me, was very strange. Mm-hmm. I didn't get that. Oh, well, they also were playing the wrong quarterback, which they always do. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's, a, that's another Correct. discussion for another day. Um, now, last thing I'll ask us before we uh, get out of here, uh, and this is going to be because it's us. It, it's kind of going to be a negative, but not really. Scott, uh, what pick in this draft do you just vehemently disagree with? I think it's Trayvon Walker at six. Um, and it's not the play. It's just that I just won. We talked about it when Eric made the pick. I think I think it's going to be a quarterback. I'm I'm really I really think it's going to be a quarterback. And if it's not, I just think for Carolina, it needs to be a player that has more of an immediate impact. Um, Trayvon Walker. There's just so many question marks there as far as how much of his production was tied to Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt. Is he just a workout warrior? Is he going to be able to come right in and, and give you results? Um, I, I just think that the Panthers need more of a sure thing um, because of the the spot that their organization is in. So I'd probably say that one because, uh, yeah, I, I would just need – looking at, like, what came after him, I mean, Aquanu I think would have been good there. Um and obviously Malik Willis, like even Jordan Davis, I could talk myself into that, right? Because, I mean, they don't have too much at DT either besides Derek Brown. So I think there were other ways to go. So probably that one. Okay. Um, I'll go next. Um, I I even hate my pick at four. Um, I'll just say that. <laughs> I thought I kind about of, that I kind of, I kind of panicked because of just the way the book – I like – I just – I'll tell you, I did not I think, foresee sauce at – Sauce to me threw everything off. Yeah. Yeah. Sauce kind of sauce at three really threw me for a loop and I don't like it, but another one I'll say, and, and it's only because they're so similar is I think I would have went with a different receiver at 15 instead of Chris Olave. I would have gone for a bigger body. Like I might've gone Burks or, you know, if I wanted to get super spicy, George Pickens, but they're just so similar, but I don't think, I hated any other ones other than my pick the most, but I'll just say I I would have taken a different receiver at 15 than Chris Olave. See, Eric, if, well, with the Olave pick too. I mean, what I'm going for is that it's right. it's the style of offense that they run yeah, is more yeah. that underneath guy, and it, it's I feel like they need those shiftier players, those faster guys that can get out. And yeah. I know he's not as fast as you know maybe he ran at the combine, but at the same time, I I feel like that's something where it needs to be. 
a flashier yeah. guy, somebody who can catch the ball 10 yards out and then take it 50. My, my other reasoning, too, is they run the ball so much that I just feel like they want somebody who can be a little bit more physical out there on the edge. Yeah. But, but again, I don't – let's be real. Chris Olave is a fantastic receiver, and if they trot out there with Devonta Smith and Chris Olave, I'm not going to be like I'm – not, I'm not going, oh, no, what are they going to do? And the caveat too for us too is is we you know we're not trading right so in actuality oh, in actuality it's just like you know if like Eric was saying if if you you're stuck to a guy and then that guy's gone you start thinking hey I would have traded down from trade. four after Sauce went if well, I, right <laughs> same thing with the, the 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 Trayvon Walker pick is I it's kind of like we've been saying from the very beginning don't take a guy if it, it's I don't know I just I don't want don't Malik I yeah. don't want Malik yeah. Willis to die. Yeah, sure. Before his career starts, and I feel that's what's going to happen if he goes to Carolina is he's not going to get his fair shot. And maybe because think, look at Sam Darnold. Was he broken before he came in, or did the Jets break him? You know what I mean. Was he was he just not good? Yes. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. Like, there's a lot of scenarios like that. Like, right. could it have been different? David Carr, go back to 2000. You know what I mean? Go back to 2002, 2001. Yep. I'm sorry, um, and. David Carr, was he that just bad, or did the Texans break him? I mean, how many scenarios are there where it's just they're in a bad situation and it, 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 sorry. Like, like we did a redraft that has come out, so I can even mention this now, is we had Reggie Wayne going to Detroit in our redraft. Do we even oh. know who Reggie Wayne is if he went to Detroit? That's why I wouldn't put George Pickens there. No, the answer is no. <laughs> That's, you know what I mean? That's why I, I kind of don't want to yeah. – I want to see these guys blossom into something. And right. it, it's – putting them in a bad scenario is just not good. Yeah, no, I completely get it. Again, it, the way the board – like Marcus kind of mentioned it, the way the board fell, it, once Sauce went at three, I think the Jets would have started taking calls. The Panthers would have started taking calls, you know, to get out of there. But, again, we're not doing that. So but, it's we have to make the pick for this team. Yeah, regardless. So. And that's why we see a lot of those, like you said, guys that we thought should go in the first round that didn't. A lot of them are offensive linemen because we didn't go heavy in the beginning where it probably would have went that way. Right. Like right. Charles Cross probably doesn't last to the Saints at 16 on Thursday. And so that's well, going to push and, Trevor Penning up. And because we know Trevon Walker's like it's like a 99% thing that he's going to go in the top five. He's yeah. probably going forward to the jets. Me, right. I don't believe in Trayvon Walker that much, which is why I said, let me take the upside of Jamison Williams because yep. I don't trust Trevon Walker. And until they prove it, I don't know that I trust this jets coaching staff. I'd like to, but give me a guy who's going to help your quarterback. I just you don't need to rush him. So I, yeah, it's all, it all comes down to the same thing. It's like, with the Matt rule thing is just give, give these guys a chance. Like, let them, let them do what they want to do and stop. Who was it? Who's Todd Bowles or whatever was not given a fair shot. And now he was, I mean, yeah, there's so many, right. There's so many guys that, that it's weird. There's so many guys that didn't get a fair shake. And then you got your Adam Gates, uh, that's, Bill thank you. who, who hold well, on way too long. It's, it's, and let's not sleep on the absolute pimp move it is by Bruce Arians to basically say, I'm going to be the coach until I know I can get my guys in the spots that they want. Because to me, it's like the equivalent of um, who is Barry Bonds' trainer that went to prison because he wouldn't <laughs> flat out say that Barry Bonds did steroids. Yeah, It's uh, what what Bruce Arians did for Todd Bowles is 
is it, to me it's a great move because you said you're right he didn't get a fair shake and he said i'm gonna wait until i have my guy in the best spot possible and then i'm gonna give him the reins which is cool i enjoyed that um okay eric i don't even think you said a pick that you didn't necessarily agree with because i don't think there is any hmm. okay i mean no honestly it, it all comes down to we don't trade so i feel we're yeah we're and, I, in- and i thought about that but it's you know what messy. I mean? Like, because at the end, at Detroit, I feel like Detroit would have traded out, and that's what it is. I'm not yeah. saying we picked a bad player in any spot. It's more, yeah. I feel like that team would have moved out of there. Oh, all these guys are first round picks in our minds, and we pick them because we believe they are talented and they can help every single one of these teams. But it's just math and and history that says not all these guys are going to work out. There are going to be guys that don't live up to this potential. How cool would it be if all these guys were awesome? And yeah. all help their team get better, but they just won't. So I mean, if you look yeah. even like the George Karloftis pick I made for the the Cowboys, I'm safety is a bigger need, but I know that they're not going to do that. Yeah, I just feel like oh, it, that's it, like, that's like that's like Philadelphia taking corner. They just don't do it. They do not draft corners for whatever reason. They won't do it, and so I don't know that they will. I think they're. I think um, if Wyatt gets taken oh that's another thing with the chargers i think the chargers are going to take a receiver and i think that Devonte wyatt is going to be the pick for philly at 18 i even love though, him to philly yeah absolutely yeah but like it's just that's another thing guys is this is what we would do you have to pay attention to what teams traditionally do that's why trevon walker is now kind of considered a, a favorite to be the first overall pick because trent balky bets on traits he doesn't bet on production in college and he drafts the lineman we know that from the Niners Eric Armstead to so pay Buckner. attention to that too oh oh wait we did want to talk about gambling real quick and and we won't make this long because this is a long episode yeah. anyways but what I'm saying is that's my last thing is just pay attention to the draft history if you have a new GM it's going to be really hard to to peg what they like but like for the Giants and uh what's his face or no they fired him Joe, Joe Shane no, oh, they fired him. But yeah, yeah, Joe Shane comes from that Bills tree. So look at what the Bills did, and and that'll give you a, an idea. Now he's going to be different, obviously. But uh, who was the GM before that uh, that they let retire, quote unquote? Gettleman. Yeah. Gettleman. Gettleman's going to take running backs. He's going to take. He's going to prioritize linebacker. He's going to prioritize yeah. linemen. Those are the things that he drafted early, and good or bad, that's just what happened. So pay attention to those trends, and if you see a name. Of all these guys we've talked to about, Jer- Daniel Jeremiah, uh, Mel Kuyper, uh, you know, uh, Peter Schrager, these are guys that are plugged in. And if you keep hearing a name, if you keep seeing a name and you're seeing a, a number on him, like, a, for instance, uh, a guy I love and, you know, I'm a Washington fan, Trent McDuffie. I've heard from Schrager and I heard, uh, oh, who's the other one? I think Daniel Jeremiah that they don't think he's going to make it to 17. We got him at 18 to the Eagles. Minnesota is a big possibility. And his number right now is 17 and a half. So I'm going to bet the under on that, that he's going to go before then. And I'll live with it. I mean, again, I'm not going to put big money on these because the draft is impossible. But you can get pretty good odds on a lot of these. So, again, just just pay attention to those names that you keep seeing, and it'll help you get an idea of what to bet. 
Yeah, and it, and it it also the other stuff comes down to especially you know when you're starting it's the week of the draft. Yeah, it's the the Derek Stingleys, right? It's oh well now Stingleys a lot to be top ten, possibly top five. Whereas three weeks ago it was he might be top ten, but we're not sure yet. Like before the pro day, it's oh he could go twelve to Minnesota. Like it you know things are constantly changing, but now they're starting to lock into to certain spots because you know we only have a few days left. You need to be if you're gonna be betting, yeah. You need to be like Marcus is saying, like following people that are plugged in, making sure you're reading articles, listening to podcasts, whatever you can to try to, you know, get a, a sense of where these guys are gonna go and what the NFL thinks of these guys. And 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 Stingley's a great example because I didn't pull the trigger when I had the chance. He was at like thirteen and a half was his over under, and I wanted to smash the under and I didn't. And then he ran his forty, and now it's yep. like. I think it's like nine and a half or something or, or eight and a half. So look at them, listen, and that will help you bet. Um, and don't, don't try to predict what the Seahawks will do. Cause nobody knows. Right. Actually, well, actually, if you can bet position. on them trading back, I'd hammer that because yeah. that's what they do. And they're in a prime position too. I'm just scared that they stay there and they take a quarter and they take a quarterback. So oh, pray yeah. for me specifically. Uh, <laughs> but guys, uh, I love this. Um, this is gonna as long as we're doing this podcast, we're gonna have a a draft show and be on the lookout for more of our redraft series. Uh, and good luck to everybody's teams. Good luck because it's a crapshoot, and let's hope your team makes the right choice. So for uh, for Eric and Scott, this has been Marcus. Uh, we don't we still don't have a sign off. Um, Oh, we'll we'll finish. We got a tagline because it's draft season. Uh, draft good players. Yep, always. And Tariq Wool and to the Raiders, watch for it. And oh, and God. and good luck Shut to up. your teams, except the Cowboys, because they're the only team that you can guarantee will not do the right thing. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.